NBA season is here, and we got a big NBA season preview for you, a special bonus edition of That's What G Said podcast. Dave Handlin, who has joined me the last couple years for our NBA previews, will be back again, and Dave hangs out for uh, two and a half hours. We go over every single team in the NBA, starting with the Atlanta Hawks. We go in order alphabetically all the way down, and we discuss the rosters, Uh, we talk about the team over-unders, their win totals for the year, we give positives, negatives, where we think they will stack up in this NBA season that kicks off later tonight. I am recording this uh, on Tuesday, it is about 1 o'clock Pacific time as I'm putting this together, and uh, we have a couple NBA games later on this Tuesday evening, and so because it's in the middle of everything, I just wanted to get this out there. So on this episode, it's just going to be NBA stuff. Every single team from the top with Atlanta all the way to the Washington Wizards. But I do want to mention a few other things and what we have coming up throughout this week. Now, keep in mind uh, that every day you play the races, you want to head to StableDuel.com and see what the schedule is. Maybe you can jump in some of those Stable Duel contests. Well, this week only, Stable Duel is offering a deposit match bonus for new players. If you download and create an account in the Stable Duel app, when you play your first game, they will match your deposit up to 15 bucks. Uh, it's a the free risk, a risk-free bet, basically a do-over, a free game entry after you play your first game. The promotion begins Wednesday, October the twentieth, and Sunday, October the twenty-fourth. So Wednesday through Sunday, now is the chance. If you've never signed up for Stable Duel, download the app right now, and you will get a match bonus, a deposit match bonus. Deposit fifteen, get a free fifteen. StableDuel.com. Remember the schedule for Better Than Dot Vegas at BTV Bets with all the live streams coming up on Thursday. We will be uh, providing you coverage and a preview of the Thursday night football game that'll come on at seven o'clock Eastern Time on Saturday. You will get, or actually on Friday, you will get the two minute drill where. I host with Leo and Blackjack. We go through every game on the Sunday slate using the Circa betting lines as they are going to enter the Circa contest. And every weekend, in order to do so, they have to pick five games where they uh, they come together and they come to agree on those five games. So that's on Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Friday morning, we're going to have a full live stream for you from Santa, for Santa Anita and for Keeneland races, Darren Zocali and a bunch of other guests are going to join me Friday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll talk the last five races from Keeneland. We'll talk the last five races from Santa Anita. Barry Spears is going to join me on there. Our buddy Andrew Champagne is going to pop in. Bree Mott's going to check in and say hello. We'll dish out a couple of stable dual best bets, but we'll help you set up for Friday racing at Keeneland and at Santa Anita Then later on Friday there will be another Live stream that's going to help set you up For the Santa Anita Pick'em contests On Saturday and Sunday Pick'em.SantaAnita.com Contests that combine horse racing Wagers and Sports betting If you're a fan of sports betting If you play football and college football On Saturdays and Sundays You're betting totals, lines, props And you're someone who likes to play the races You need to check out these free contests Pick'em.SantaAnita.com Totally free to get entered So uh, lots of content coming up for us over the next few days Hopefully we'll have something positive to talk about in the world of the Dodgers They're down 0-2 right now with Game 3 coming up in just a little bit The Braves have played well 
so far, and we'll continue on talking NBA. On the episode later this week, we'll have our full NFL previews with Eric. We'll have uh, This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper, and we'll preview all the big weekend racing at Santa Anita and over at Keeneland. Right now, NBA time. Dave Handelin, who is the play-by-play a researcher. He's the statistician for the T-Wolves radio play-by-play. So Dave is just a, a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to NBA. He knows stats, numbers about a lot of different players, teams, and more than anything, he sees them all play. He's watching every single game, and Dave knows uh, the rosters. Uh, one of my favorite people to talk NBA with each and every year. Big thanks to Dave for coming back for uh, year number three with us here as we start with the Atlanta Hawks. Kick back and enjoy uh, as we go team by team in our massive NBA preview. NBA. Who's hot? Who's not? Who's hot? Who's hot? Believe it, folks, it is NBA time. We are getting set. For the 2021-2022 NBA season, it's Tuesday, October the 19th, as we record this a few hours before the season tips off. And this will be the third consecutive year that our next guest is going to be joining me for a a full NBA season preview. We're going to go team by team. We're going to start in alphabetical order. And this year, I promise I won't forget the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Dave had to remind me last year that we skipped over them. Don't worry, Philly. I don't hate you or anything, but because we have plenty to talk about with that. The Philly 76ers team this year, Dave Handelin, the radio statistician for the Minnesota Timberwolves, joins us, uh, a man who gets an opportunity to watch every Every single NBA team throughout the year and and really get a look at their rosters, at their players, at their scheme, at their coaching. Dave is a good friend and someone who knows as much about the NBA and uh, as anyone I know and is really, really a big NBA fan. Dave, these great these days like right now are such a fun time for every fan out there because for a little while longer, we're all in the same boat. Lakers, Rockets. Brooklyn Nets, Bucks, or uh, Thunder, if you were supposed to be one of the best or the worst, everybody's in the same spot right now. Everybody's 0-0 zero zero right now, and <laughs> maybe maybe in a week we can reassess things. Exactly. But everybody right now ha- has a chance. And man, you brought up the Sixers. They, they sure just keep drama. Even, even today, as we're recording this, there's still drama there. And uh, we'll get into Philadelphia 76ers. As I said, we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. We'll do it a little different. In some years, we've gone East Coast and or East uh, Eastern Division and then Western Division, uh, Western Conference. But we're going to do that a little different this year. We're just going to go alphabetical order. We'll start with the Hawks. We'll go Celtics. We'll just go all the way in order from A through W. We'll talk about the teams, uh, a couple notes on each, sort of what their win totals look like, give you some teams that we think may be a little better, maybe a little worse, positives, negatives, and I think just the same thing again, sort of like we talked last year, Dave, going to be a little curious for some of those teams that played a little deeper into the playoffs last year, because it's again, a short turnaround, not quite as short, but still not your normal NBA off season. And I don't know, especially with like Philly with Ben Simmons stuff, Brooklyn with Kyrie stuff, the Lakers have a totally new roster on their team the Clippers are missing Kawhi the Nuggets are missing Murray uh, the Warriors we still don't know with Clay. there doesn't seem to be that odds on top top has to be this team to win it all again this year which is really fun coming into an NBA season when it feels more wide open oh for sure that's that was one thing NBA would get knocked on back maybe three to six seven eight nine ten years ago 
yep. where you, you kind of could pencil in the finals. Warriors, Cavs. You had four teams. Kind Spurs, of the, right? right? No, yeah. It was, two out of the West. It's going to yep. be one of these two. Every time. And it got... It, it was fun when you'd get there and you'd see the really good teams perform. But like you said, I think a lot of fans of other, of uh, uh, you know, n- that weren't one of those fan bases or just sort of novice basketball fans or maybe you're um, not your hardcore. They would just get a little bit sick of it. And uh, it, it is fun when it's really wide open. It is. The, the NBA is at its best when you when everybody has a chance or a majority of teams have a chance. And you don't know who's going to win night to night. And, yeah, it's going to come down to the playoffs and what happens there. But. I, I think it made for a really compelling last regular season. There was there, a lot of the guys brought it a lot of the time, and it was it made for a really great NBA season. I and I think this year it's going to be the same way. It's going to be an exciting year, and we're going to be missing a couple stars kind of right off the bat. But it's I think it's going to be a really great NBA season now that everything's going to kind of get back to what the normal is or the new normal, where mm-hmm. these teams are going to be playing in front of. Full arenas again, like it's a little bit be, more of a routine. The the season won't be kind of as scrunched, you know. Towards the end of last year, that was a bummer. When heading into the playoffs, like all of these really top, high profile players and and key components on teams, just felt like we're missing a little bit more last year than in in years past. So, um, yeah, and actually, it's gonna kind of be a, a key. A talking point through a lot of the teams that we discuss as we go through our preview here is going to be injury durability with some of these teams. And you know what? That right off the bat, that might not be uh, the issue with the first team we talk about, Dave, who this is going to be a fun year for the Atlanta Hawks because my how how one or two years the um the expectations and the perception just changes, right? This team, uh, to, uh, last year when we talked We kind of thought of them as like Yeah they're kind of a sneaky team They put a lot of these pieces together and Then they had a miserable start to the year They got rid of their coach And then they were incredible to close the year They had that really good run Trey Young is showing up at WWE In Madison Square Garden as like a <laughs> heel He's just like really living it And he took that big big step And so you look at this team's roster uh, They're going to be good again They were missing Hunter and Cam uh, Cam Reddish toward the end of last year, a couple extra wings if they're healthy, that's going to help them. Um, you know, they brought in Delon Wright, who will also help Gorgie Jang, uh, who you know a little bit is just kind of a big man depth there. So this team should be pretty good again. It's just going to be now that everybody knows you're a, a good team and you're probably one of the top four ish teams in the East. You're not going to be able to sneak up on people quite as much. Yeah, the after what they performed in the playoffs and. What they did, they are, the sneaking up is no longer, and teams are going to be gunning for them. The one thing Atlanta has, like, and we, and we talked about this last year, and I think this year it's going to be the exact same way, and I think they've added a bit, is they just have so much depth, like, Dude. especially like wing depth that they can. I don't like if Trey gets hurt, that's that's one thing, but like they've got enough of the guys between Bogdanovich and Hunter and Cam Reddish and Herder, who they just resigned and. Their yeah, big right. man rotation that Capella Collins Big O is going to be hurt till December, but when he comes back, like that's that's three really nice bigs. Yeah, they, they're like they're. I'm looking at kind of their starters and like the next five, and then other guys, and it's like yeah, the Big O is in there and like that that next group along with like Lou Williams and like Solomon Hill, Jalen Johnson. You win like, you games any night, so Lou. Deep. Yeah. So this is this is a good team again. I think they're going to be. I see them in probably that like. Four, kind of where they were last year, you know, four to five, like three, four, five range. But they're they're going to continue to get better. 
I think like this year will probably feel like if they take a step forward, they may may have a, a legitimate shot to you know to knock off any of the you know the teams that may be on the tier above them, the Brooklyn's, the Milwaukee's, maybe the Miami's, who could be just a little ahead of them, sort of where people slot them. This is a good team. They're deep, and um, they uh, one thing to keep an eye on in the preseason, Dave. What we've seen. The referees are really doing um, Going out of their way to crack down On the non-basketball moves yep. And that was something that was One of Trey Young's big moves last year So it's like Trey Sometimes we see that from Harden and Chris Paul Where they do the Getting right in front of you and then stop And they're really like searching for fouls Instead of yep. playing basketball and getting fouled Along the way That may be something to keep an eye on Because some of these guys early in the year might be used to getting calls and and we'll see if they're not going to get them. And I think we saw that during the preseason. Like, we did some ugly shots going up. These guys <laughs> are trying to bait, bait into the falls and they're not getting calls. And all of a sudden there's the shots clanging off the side of the backboard. Like, Oh, I guess they didn't get called for that. It happened but... to the Olympics too. You know, when, yeah. uh, when our guys will go over and play there and they're used to playing and getting these calls and they go there and those refs are like, Nope, we ain't giving you this. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But yeah, like I think one thing we we didn't touch on there, like DeAndre Hunter got hurt at the end of that postseason run last year. Yep. And that that was a big change because they were still trying to work in Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter's back now compared with the progress that they made last year. I'm I've got very high hopes for this Atlanta team. I think they're they're one of the top three teams in the East in my mind, with Brooklyn and Milwaukee and them. They I've got them over Philadelphia. They have made that next Step, I believe, and I they, feel pretty safe saying that with these guys. I think right now they are listed as the fifth highest win total in the East. But keep in mind, this has been before some of the recent news of like Kyrie. So the Brooklyn Nets win total is, has gone down from like fifty six and a half to like fifty five and a half to around fifty five because people just don't know what what the hell's going to happen there with Kyrie if he's going to be playing at all who knows right now he's not even with the team Ben Simmons was going through the motions literally looked like a kid that that their parents force him to play soccer you know and, and they go out there and the kids just like on the soccer field and the coach is like parents can can you just we, we're just all better off if he's not here you know <laughs> we're all better off if he's not here right now that's what Ben Simmons looked like at practice today if you've seen some of the video of him so you're like as the negative, you saw you saw that as we're recording this on Tuesday morning here you saw that he got kicked out of practice and now he's suspended right yeah so he okay. there was a video so we're recording yeah Tuesday morning there was a video that came out I think it was up Tuesday Tuesday morning that I was looking at where he literally was in practice doing drills and it looked like I grabbed my son who hates sports and made him <laughs> go stand out on the field and was like, I swear, if you don't play sports right now, you're not going to get to use your iPad later on today. And he was just like, he had like a <laughs> stubborn look on his face. And he was just going about 10% through these drills. Like he was just waving his arms through the air. I couldn't believe it. I I couldn't believe it. It was like shocking. And that's and what, only th- he's only getting thirty two million dollars for. The oh year. yeah. So why, why should you? Why should you put in the? Effort? I try. Why try? And it's 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 more than the money. Even it's just like what is this saying about you? You want to be a leader of a team and an organization, and you want some team to go out and trade for you and bring you in and build around you, and this is how you're acting. Yeah. This is like, this come. this this is one one of the things that like try to build value. Like, all right, well, if you want out of there for what Philly's trying to get for him. Come like, in. You, your you job. Have a team. A team's got. It takes two to 
you to tangle on this. And if you don't have that second team, that's going to want to give up the assets to get a guy who the situation's a little bit sour and he's kind of trying to get out of there. Like, it's not like that's the most highest in demand type. Like if you want to bring that into your organization right at the start of the season, not at all. And so, yeah, Brooklyn, Philly, who we'll talk about not positives for a couple of the teams uh, towards the top of the East that you have slotted and just, Everything positive about the vibe with this Atlanta team who lost in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and is ready to take another step forward. We move to the Boston Celtics, and gosh, you know, I think we were spot on with our analysis uh, in our preview of this team last year, and I sort of feel the same way. It's just they just don't seem very deep at all. You know, they're going to go as far as Tatum and Brown will take them. What kind of what version of Dennis Schroeder are we going to see here? A guy who Man, people are going to talk about a mistake that he made with a con- with contracts as you know some of the all time where he, he didn't take an extension for the Lakers when they were offering him big big money in the middle of last year, and then what ended uh, he missed a couple times with with COVID protocols when he came back he just wasn't the same player in the in the playoffs which it's kind of a bummer because this guy really helped this Lakers team last year when they were missing AD and LeBron. He carried them through some stretches, but people don't forget. People are going to forget that. They don't remember it because the last thing they remember was him being a nothing in the playoffs, like an actual nothing for a, a few games. And now he's a big part of your team and he's going to, he's kind of in this prove it mode where he wants to, you know, see if, if he can, you know, make some money, make some of that lost money up. Jalen and Tatum are great. Marcus Smart is, you know, what you're going to get from him. And then, you know, your big rotation is going to be Robert Williams and, and Horford. Like, what what else are you going to have after that? Josh Richardson, he's floated around. He's fine. Peyton Pritchard, you're going to get a lot from him off the bench. I just, I think this is like a bottom of the East playoff team. And the East is getting better and better. You know, they get an injury to a Tatum or Brown. One of those guys misses time for a little bit. They don't have the depth to to like fill in. Yep. This, this one, t- yeah, we you completely hit your recap on that. And it it does look like a name value. Their second unit is better. It's just, I don't know, like, Montreal and Gomez came from here, and he, he showed, once Finch put him kind of in the better situation, he did get better, but what? how much tread does Horford left, have left on the tires? Cantor kind of is what he is. Peyton Pritchard was kind of a Fine. big surprise last year. Yeah, he was year good. He was surprised, yeah. For what he stepped in and did, but, like, Josh Richardson as a starting shooting guard, like, he... he I don't know, four years ago, he was kind of like potentially a, a centerpiece item of a trade for Jimmy Butler when the Wolves were in the talks with that, and that just never never happened. But it's all right, so he went to Dallas last year playing in a great spot off of Luka, and it just didn't work. When he was, was in a great Philly, spot in Philly the year work. before. Yeah. It like just... how, many, how many great spots can you be in and just not take advantage of it that maybe like, all right, like you've got a role in the NBA, but maybe it's not a starting shooting guard. Like, yeah. And that's where maybe at some point, like Aaron Neesmith maybe gets into that same mix with them. And that that's maybe where they become a better team as if they can get one of those young guys, Neesmith, I don't know about if Romeo Langford's going to be the guy ever, but if they can get one of those two to pop, maybe that's where they, they make their jump. But yeah, it's, it's going to come down to Tatum and Brown with them. Like they need those two to and, stay healthy. And they've got and, already to start the season, Brown and Horford have COVID issues. Mm-hmm. They're going to be missing, probably missing the right off the bat to start. The Celtics are going to have ten of their first fifteen games on the road with a new head coach. That's kind of an interesting dynamic too, where you have the former head coach 
who is still in the organization there with the young other head coach that you know that dynamic would only work with a young head coach i don't think another established head coach would be all that comfortable coming in and sort of working under brad right now when you kind of got the feeling that if something went wrong he could maybe step back in i don't know it's just it's kind of a yeah. weird dynamic right oh for sure and like it it seems like it's going to work and it seems like brad stevens kind of has that the right mentality very much that. agree but it's also like man he's he's a young guy stepping away and he's been a head coach between Butler and the Celtics at a high level for like the last probably 10, 12 years. And at what point Thanksgiving, Christmas, is he going to get like an itch? Like, like the Pat Riley, like, oh, right? Man, like Stan Van stuff. Like, in Miami. Like, home a lot more, but man, this is, there's other stuff out there. Yeah, I agree. It's we'll see with Boston. I, th- I, I kind of have them slotted as like a play in team. You know, maybe towards the bottom of the playoffs there in that like six through, you know, like six through 10 range and kind of however their health is, they'll be there because they're the type of team that like, you know, when they're playing well and those two guys have a good game, Tatum can beat any team any night, you know, Tatum's a threat for 50 and can win games on his own. And he kind of started doing that last year where like, all right, come on, guys, like I've got I've got this one and his I don't know, he he gets the gold medal team USA this year and gets to see how those guys are and gets to be next to Kevin Durant and mm-hmm. a little bit of I a boost could take some big steps off of that like compared to where he was and all right is he going to elevate and in, into a top ten player in the league? See their win total is in the forty five to forty six. See I like I have them slotted a little below that. Like I think Atlanta to me is just like a significantly better team than them. And and will be like a few games better than them just if I'm looking and playing over unders and stuff. As uh, we get to oh, the Brook, I think the lower parts of the East have got better and they're absolutely steal games where it's not going to be a walkover over those bottom four or five teams. Those teams are going to sneak games like they're going to have their games against Toronto. Toronto had to play in Tampa Bay all of last season. They weren't home. I know. Back normal. Like Washington. For as much as they got rid of Westbrook and stuff, they actually have a pretty solid team of NBA rotation players, you know, mm-hmm. to play. Like there, I agree with you. The bottom of the East is just not going to be as easy to beat up on. So that might be difficult for a team like Boston um, as we move to one of the more polarizing teams, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Their win total was the highest installed win total, but it's crept down a little bit. So they started at fifty six and a half, and now with all the news of Kyrie, they're down to fifty five and a half. And man, it, in a weird way, I feel bad for Steve Nash too because he came in last year with this great gig, and everyone just you know penciled them into the finals. But I think we talked about it at the beginning too, before we even knew they they had traded for Harden. These these are three players who are awesome, and if you can guarantee me all three of them are going to be on the the court in a seven game series in the finals, when sh- well then sure they're going to be the team to beat. But I can't ever really. Put my money on the three of them all being there, just based on what we've seen. Based on what we've seen, and how it's going to start off, like who knows? Maybe, maybe it's like with Durant. Like there was going to be there was injury questions last year, and he made it through the entire year, and he awesome. stayed pretty healthy. So it's like, all right. So if he stayed healthy there, like maybe that was the year he was going to have more injury issues. We're now all right. So he's back on year two, but and like in Harden, we know Harden can win games really on his own. So maybe the Kyrie thing doesn't, he's a great piece to have, but maybe it's not a killer. I just, at, at some point it's going to get resolved, I think, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, 
couple months. It, month. it, it maybe it's not going to be Kyrie's doing. It's going to be New York City pulling back like their restrictions, which all things change. Opens it. So it's, absolutely, and that and that'll be all it is, and then Kyrie will be back. But with them taking the stance of like, all right, it's either all or nothing. Right now, it's going to be nothing. Like that's this is just what it's going to be. Um, I I think the addition of like Patty Mills that's is a huge. massive addition. That's like, huge. He's a huge guy off the bench, and you'll be able to. I don't. I don't know if they're going to pencil him in as a starter and replace of Kyrie because it just seems like Patty Mills is just a hell of a sixth, seventh, sixth man. And then he can close yeah. for you when he's yeah. playing well, right? Like that kind of a yeah. I, I well, agree. I, I think it's probably Paul Millsap and Aldridge have left on him, but for like you're not asking them to be what they were at their peak. You're asking them to be the when they're with the other guys on the court, be the fourth or fifth option, and. All right, I'll take my chances at them in their mid thirties, being the fourth and fifth option with with these other guys. If Durant is even close to what he was last, I mean that was I, I've never been the most like I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the game. This right now, I, I mean I I respect the hell of him. I think he, every year that he plays, he's one of the best players. But I've never been like Durant is my guy. What he did last year was just. Unbelievable! I I did not think he was capable of doing that. The minute he played every minute in some of those games, those playoff games, that was we we don't see that. He had no choice. He was playing great defense, offensively, getting people involved, playmaking, and he just it was just a, too much to really ask of anyone with with what Milwaukee was able to do, and they just had a little bit more in that series. I'm there's a tad bit of me worried because then Durant went to the Olympics. After yep. that and came back And so he's gotta be If he misses some time they're, They still have hard and that can carry them And I think for this team And I think for the Lakers And I think for a co- probably those two teams in particular If they win 50, 55 60 games I don't think they care yeah. Honestly, I think for them it's like you said It's just, we gotta get everything on the same page here we got to figure out if it's Going to be hey is Kyrie coming back or not And if it's not like you said maybe it's not the Biggest thing in the world because then you just Figure let's go ahead what's our plan Going to be okay we're going to have a little bit more Patty Mills Harden you're going to completely Run the show as the point guard which is something That you've done before Durant will have His role here as the as the go to Scorer and this and that Then you fill in you know you got Blake LaMarcus Aldridge and Millsap Who like you just hope like the three of them Can give you a little bit, right? Maybe it one every game is just one of them having a little bit of something, and oh. that's sort of all they need, really. Yeah, for oh yeah, for sure. It's like, what are you gonna get? What was it? Like, was it something like they only played like 125 minutes together last year? Those three? Yeah, it was something. Yeah. It was something crazy like that. And it's in. Like, all right, we'll see how it is, and I, I'm guessing Steve Nash is gonna have the goal with them. It's like it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and. Through the first two months of the season, try to win 55, 60% of the games. Don't overexert yourselves. And let's try to just keep everybody healthy. So then Kyrie maybe comes back around the first of the year or maybe shortly thereafter. And all right, then we can then we can take we can progress. So the Brooklyn team will uh yeah, in my opinion, they're gonna be right up there towards the top of the east, but they're just not one of those teams that I'd like want to bet on their totals or season long stuff just because you don't you don't know and I don't know how much they care. Yeah, you know? Um we we move along to uh uh Charlotte Hornets team. I think their uh total on the season is in the thirty-eight and a half range. 
the Lamelo, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, Mason Plumley, Kelly Oubre Jr., PJ Washington likely be the uh, the bulk of their uh, rotation here. And for this team, I think there's a couple you know simple things they're they're working on. They got to get better defensively. Uh, one of their weaknesses last year was. They were terrible defending corner threes Like historically terrible One of the worst teams all time They allowed a league high four and a half corner threes And and the problem is they don't really have A big down low So they don't have this incredible Rim protecting presence So if you're not good at defending the corner th- threes And you're not really good at defending the paint You're just not going to be a very good Defensive team They've got a ton of talent on uh, Like in Flash And if, you know, Hayward is a really nice Steady veteran for them to put alongside LaMelo Uh, But we kind of see this with a lot of young guards too You come into the league Very flashy year one Because they don't know a whole lot about you Now there's film on you, people kind of know your move They know where you go They're going to adjust, can you adjust to them Um I'm, this team is a little sneaky They kind of surprised people last year Because Lamelo played really, really well I'm not quite sure what to do with them I, They're one of the harder teams that I, I have Getting a gauge for, like a feel for Yeah, I am I think they snuck up on people Last year, and I think Lamelo Lamelo was pretty good Like he was a lot better, I think Than what everybody kind of thought he would be Like the, nobody really was quite sure Based off the videos in Australia And how Lamelo was going to be And then he, once he started getting time It looked smooth that being said, I still think Anthony Edwards was the rookie of the year, and that was a sham, but I got that out of my way. Anthony Edwards should have been a rookie of the year over LaMelo Ball. Case dismissed. Um, but Agree. I, <laughs> Agree. I, I think with them, like, depth is going to be an issue, and I just, like, LaMelo and Miles Bridges are going to always be good for probably one or two massive dunk highlights per game. Uh, I just... I don't know. This team kind of feels like what it is. Like, I think Miles Bridge is all right. Gordon Hayward is always one step away from an injury, it seems. And Terry Rozier had a really good year last year. Like, he was, he'd kind of, when he left Boston, he got the big deal and then kind of seemed like he regressed a little bit. And then last year seemed like he popped back in, like playing alongside LaMelo really got him going. But I, yeah, for, I know they got Kelly Uber and PJ Washington on the bench and people were pretty high in. James Boonight during the draft, but I, I I struggle to see this team doing much, but that who knows what LaMelo is. If he comes back with a little bit better shooting and, a, and second year, he maybe, maybe he's ready. The side, like, I think he'll be fine and I think they'll be, you know, fun to watch, but I, I think that number is right. I think they're probably a little under 500. I'm just worried about their size. If when you're when you're size and I just their shooting's not that great. Like no, so no, you don't have good size, and, and you're not lo- not a great shooting, shooting team. And you're just you're a kind of shooting. like fl- like a lot of slashers. Mid range doesn't work quite as much. They have to be incredible in transition. Which yep. maybe some games they just run people out of the building and they will. I'm sure you know playing older teams or teams that are playing back to backs or a little little run down. But in the half court. They're, I, I want to see them prove it to me, you know. Yep. Having if you can when keep them out of a track meet, teams are going to be all right against them. Packing it yeah. in and saying, "All right, here's we're gonna, we're going to kind of bunker down here." And all right, if you can punish us from outside of twenty feet, you here yeah, take shoot away. They're coming into the season with Rogier, Hayward, Kelly Oubre, and Plumlee all with some injury issues. They lost. It's a preseason game, and they lost one of the preseason games by sixty-eight points. 
I know it's not a bit, it's a preseason <laughs> game. It doesn't matter. But when you lose a game by 68 points, it's just it's it's something to, to take note. Um, I had tweeted yeah. that out. I think it was like with 30 seconds to go, I think. 30 seconds oh, to go in the second quarter, Luca hit, hit the game winner. Yeah. I love it when you do that. You do that when when teams when there are games that are like 30 or 40 point deficits, and <laughs> you'll and you'll post uh, so and so hit the game winner in the, the fourth minute of the third quarter or whatever. Quarter. It is. That, was, that was locked it in, baby. I I love it. it's one of my favorite things to keep an eye on as we move to. I think the team I'm honestly in all of the NBA. The most interested in this year And I don't know if that And that doesn't mean I think they're going to win the title I think because they have such a Wide range if this team Was one of the top teams in the east It wouldn't shock me if for some Reason the pieces they kind of put together Don't really fit all that well It wouldn't shock me either Talking about the Chicago Bulls And uh they, you know, Zach Levine has continued to step forward over the last couple of years. Zach Levine, um, someone that you know, and and he has become a legitimate, like, kind of number one option on offense. The guy can absolutely go. Uh, then you bring in Lonzo, who is a very solid point guard, and he he seems like someone who perfectly complements Levine. Is Lonzo will play defense. Lonzo will kind of pass the ball, rebound, and do some of the things that Zach doesn't do, and they can. You know, sort of be a real nice, you know, compliment for each other back there. You bring in DeMar DeRozan, someone who can also take some ball handling in. You got Vucevic, who's a very good big man. I mean, I'm probably one of the biggest Alex Caruso fans in the world. He's the type of guy that every NBA team needs on your roster as like a seventh guy, maybe a second and third guy off the bench who can close games for you at multiple positions, play great defense. I like a lot of their individual pieces. We'll just see how they fit together. Yeah, they're they're going to be a fun watch. Like they're going to they're going to find themselves in some absolute track meets. I think well, I know Demar Derozan. That's not quite his game, but when you have a backcourt of Lonzo and Levine, <laughs> like get going, get yeah, running with those guys. And I, I think they've already had a few highlights during the preseason. Like these guys are going to be these guys are going to be fun to watch. And Patrick Williams. This dude is like a freak of nature He was supposed to be out about a month And he actually played the other day And so he was well ahead of a timetable For his injury return So who knows if he's going to be 100% And be able to play big minutes early But just one of your major rotation pieces And when you think about this team Like you said, track meet You think about Levine and Vucevic And DeRozan You're not really thinking about defense with those three But when you Lonzo can play defense, Patrick Williams can play defense. You kind of needed him to be in the mix with some of these better guys, so he'll at least bring some of those things to the table. I'm I'm super interested in this team. I kind of have them slotted in the like five to eight range of the East, um, but I could absolutely see. Anything like them moving up a little bit And being really good and moving down A little bit and being like fighting for their Playoff lives I'm so fascinated To watch them when the season starts Oh for sure it's gonna be It's a big year for Vucevic it feels like he's He was on Orlando For years and it was not the greatest Situation Chicago Gave up Wendell Carter and a couple first Rounders to get him last year thinking that was gonna kind of Put him into contention and Maybe a little bit not over the hump but Just it was gonna do a lot more and then it just, it just didn't work out that well. So now with the off season, like, where is he going to be? Yeah, I, I think this team could be, there is, I think, potential. Like, may, maybe they have that Knicks resurgence last year where the Knicks were 
not a team that people expected much. And then all of a sudden, boom, they were, they, I think they were fourth seed in the playoffs. And I don't think the Chicago team get up to the fourth seed, but there's no reason they can't be nibbling along next to like, like Boston. In that Absolutely. Scenario, right. Absolutely. Um, and what, what's nice um, as we uh, move along from Chicago, uh, they had DeMar, Levine, Lonzo and Vucevic. They were all in the top 10 in minutes played in the preseason. So that at least they were getting some time together. I, I wouldn't yep. be shocked if they come out in their first couple games of the year. They just they look oh they look solid. They look fine, and then we'll see how you know can they stay consistent? Can they do it against better teams? But um, they should be you know I think a lot better than maybe we'll see like a team like the Lakers who are just terrible in preseason and might have a struggle to start the year. I, I'm not worried about them overall, but uh, the Bulls could come out and look like a team that's played a little bit together because they have so. Um, it's always nice when you get a few extra minutes together in the preseason. You don't think uh, the Lakers are going to go 0 82 this year? That's not a precursor. Um, uh, no, nah, they might win a game or two towards the end, but yeah, I just that, want to clarify that. That I don't think so. I don't think they'll go 0 82. Um, yeah. today's a, as you and I are recording this, it's a huge day for LA because we've got a Dodger game and then the Lakers right after that too. So opening up the season, so it's just uh, it could be a, a an amazing day or just a. Oh no, at about 10.30 tonight I could be drinking quite a bit <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see um, The Cavs You know, the Cavs have been a bad team for the last few years This this is another team that has this, had to suffer After LeBron left And, and uh, got the, 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 uh, the wake that he leaves When he, when he uh, is gone But I like a lot of their pieces individually I don't think this is a playoff team Or anything like that But I do think they're going to be a fun team to watch the Sexland backcourt, Garland, Garland and Sexton last year, both took nice steps forward. Then uh, you bring in Evan Mobley, who he's a very good player. He's going to be a very good player for years to come. I've seen him, you know, play out here in the West Coast personally. Big USC fan, and um, he he just he has everything you want for a big man, a modern big man in the NBA. I love Jared Allen here. They even have kind of a cool second unit where. They brought it well. They brought in Lori Markinen, who, you know, he he's never really scratched the surface on what he might be able to do, and he could maybe be like a very good sixth man type. And they got Rubio and Kevin Love on the uh, the second unit there. How about that? Uh, some T Wolves there uh, going to be on the second like unit. The, uh, the Wolves' <laughs> hopes from like eight years ago. I know the bench for Cleveland. <laughs> this is. For one of for one of the teams that's projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, their roster is kind of fun, and I won't like I won't mind watching some of their games. I think even last year they would have stretches where uh, early in the year they played pretty well, and they they could beat some good teams when their uh, their young backcourt will step up and have really good games. And they seem like they just you know got to figure out their pieces, got to figure out the rotation because um, like this is another situation where yeah there are some names like Rubio and and Love and uh, and Markinen. Who knows what you'll get from them at this point? Who knows what Love is healthy? You're gonna get rid of him, but they're they're at least intriguing. There are a couple teams that we look at you know when we talk about them towards the bottom that are just like oh gosh, there's not much to get excited about on this team. There's a lot to get excited about I think for this Cleveland team. Yeah, I, when I when I look at this team, they. If you kind of just close your eyes and put the pieces next to each other, they they seem to really look like Charlotte with the like the, mm-hmm. the the guards who aren't the greatest shooters as the backcourt with your kind of middling three and four guys and and then a center. Um, I I don't think they're, Charlotte's going to be a better team than them. I, I still think these 
they're probably one of the the weaker teams in the East. But the like you said, the Evan Mobley, like I didn't watch a ton of college basketball last year until the tournament, and so because I watched the college the the March Madness and tournament, that makes me an expert. <laughs> all, of, all of us, right? <laughs> like watching him, I it was like you just see like the glimpses, and it's like man, it looks like he's got a little like. Chris Bosh in him, a little KG in him. Like, the one. And yeah. those are some very high comps. And he's a defense like, he looks first. very smooth. He looks, yes. he moved very well for his size. And for Great what, footwork, defense yeah. first. But he's not, and he's not going to force the ball offensively, but he can actually, even if he's open at the three point line, he'll hit the three for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to, he's just the type of guy that you actually are probably going to have to get in his ear about being more aggressive. It's funny with him because um, I think what happened with him. He's a younger brother. His older brother is just a year older than him. And they basically played basketball for together their whole lives coming up. And his older brother is is very good too. He came back to USC this year. He um, and he'll he'll be an NBA player at some point. But he's like he's not he's not as raw and he doesn't have the skills and like just the the upside that Evan does. But uh his brother Isaiah, he was always like the scorer. That's just what he is. He was just a flashy scorer. And so I think with Evan, what ended up happening is, you know, like every team he played on forever, that's not what he was really asked to do that much. His brother was always the guy. And so Evan ended up being the defensive guy, the passer. He's a really good, you know, he just sort of a good general on the floor. And so I think in situations when people are going to start to tell him, hey, dude, go score now. Your brother's not around anymore. You can, you know, you can score a little bit. I, I'm, I think in a few years, we may see him with that kind of like, just really, really good stat line where he gets you a 20, 10, a couple blocks. He can hit a three, a great field goal percentage. And um, yeah, fun team. But like, I think you hit with Charlotte. Do they have enough shooting? Yeah. You know, I they think don't. they've got score. They've got, they've got backcourt scoring, but I don't know necessarily mean that they have backcourt shooting. What you mean like, Gar- in the Garland NBA? Garland was a lot better last year than he was. He had his rookie year was kind of a downer. Last year he was, it seemed like he made a pretty good jump, but. Yeah, those two coexisting, and then I, I don't know. I want to see I want to see Kevin Love stay healthy. He there was kind of the the failed stint with Team USA this year where he got put on that team, and it was kind of raised some question marks on how Kevin Love got put on there. And then it was like more of a all right, we, you've you've been a good guy for us. We're going to give you a shot, and then it just didn't pan out. I hope he was able to heal up, and he's able to become. He's never going to be with Kevin Love what he was here when he was putting up. 30s and 20s like but all right be, there's no like reason a, he, he a, can't do a role player again like, what some of those guys in brooklyn are doing right yep he can't, why, why can't no, he do that lamarcus aldridge role like like griffin paul Millsap, like what they asked of those guys last year some of them there's absolutely no reason why he can't be someone who still competes if he wants to um and we'll see if he's got uh, anything left in the tank there kind of a fun team towards the bottom of the uh of the East, but one to keep an eye on with uh, some of those interesting young pieces. And in a in a Western Conference that doesn't feel quite as strong towards the top, they're they're still very deep. I just don't know if we're going to have sixty win teams towards the top of the uh, the Western Conference. This Dallas Mavericks team is one that a lot of people are you know c- continuing to um, expect to step forward and to project as being one of the top teams in the West. And it 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 really it comes down to Luca, honestly, because we saw from this guy in the Olympics too. He is 
unbelievable And last year he very easily could have won that series Against the Clippers when they had many opportunities And he just, you know, would get a little bit tired Late in the games from having to do so much If this guy stays healthy throughout a year I mean, it's not when, it's, you know It's not if, it's when he's going to win MVPs And, you know, all, all of the awards And I'm sure lead teams to titles at some point I just look at this team and think, you know yeah, Dallas can beat anyone And if they got locked up in a playoff series And Luka was really good I'm sure he could, could you know, take them down But again, you're you're looking at this roster And it's so similar to where they've been The last few years Where you're just putting so much on Porzingis And, and so much is going to be on Can he stay healthy? Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was a very nice addition for them I like him there because he can add some scoring Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson Kleber, Powell they have good role player pieces To me they still feel like they might be Just one other kind of big star away From really making you know a run for a title And then we have to mention No Donnie Nelson, no Rick Carlisle this year Jason Kidd's coming in to coach Yep, the, the, the moving on of Rick Carlisle to Jason Kidd So um, what, one of Kidd's assistants, Sean Sweeney Is a kid from St. Paul And one of my like, brother-in-law's like, his best, One of his best friends so it's it's pretty cool seeing that where Sweeney came up with, with with the Brooklyn Nets and then he moved with Kid to Milwaukee and then once Kid got the opening here he kind of brought him on as like one of the defensive one of his defensive assistants. So it it's I kind of have a cool connection to that of with with Sweeney being there and so yeah I'm, I'm gonna have extra eyes on Dallas this year with but and, and beyond just Luca like Luke Luke is awesome we saw what Luca did with with his team in the Olympics we're like wow it's Luca and, these this other group of guys and hey they're going to take on anybody and they're going to beat teams like Luke is Luke is a stud and he he got his contract to show that um I I think yeah what you said like I think they had some salary like not they had salary cap room and they were hoping to make a bigger splash I believe this year in the offseason than what they were able to get but this is going to be the lineup they're going to have if they need Przingis to stay healthy uh I think Jalen Brunson made a big step last year and they're going to need, they're definitely going to need him at times. And he, like he won him a few games last year. Like he, he's a great player to have Reggie Bullock when he was with the Clippers, did some good stuff when he was Detroit, did some good things. And I think he's carved it. He'll have a decent role here in Dallas. So it'll, it'll be interesting. I like, this is a team where you see like when I, I like, I don't have the win numbers in front of me like you do, but like they're kind of all over the place. I've seen 48, a 10th yeah. team and I've seen them as like 4th or 5th Me too um, I think four, 48 is where their win total is So they are projected On um, Some of the sites I'm looking as the Behind the Jazz, Lakers And Suns so they kind of have them Them and the Warriors as the 4th and 5th teams in the West as far okay. as wins are concerned um, That's I guess that's probably where I feel like they You know that's that's probably pretty fair because like I said with you, I don't think they're going to be the best record in the West, but I don't think they're going to be a. They're probably not a play-in team, you know. With with if Luca is healthy, and if they don't have a big Porzingis injury, you know, they're apparently trying to you know run a little bit more, and and Porzingis in the open court is is nice, and um, yeah, they, it's just it's Luca's so damn good. He's so damn good that I I can't put them low, you know. I can't like I don't want to under. Like undervalue them because of him Like that sort of feels like Yeah 45 to 50 wins Yep if, if Luke is healthy There's no way that they're not a playoff team Right like yep 
Yep. Like, do I do I think they're starters from like the if you give Przingis a solid number two, do I think they're starters three through five? Where do they rank compared to like other equal teams in the West? Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're probably on like the lower half of those playoff teams with their with their other starters. But you've got such of a when you've got a a first team All NBA point guard who's 21, 22 years old, like with upside, right, like, like he could get better. Be just fine as long as as long as the the engine stays running there, they'll be we they'll get, be okay. We get to another team who's sort of. Um, projected to be right in the mix with them I think I'm seeing them as 47 and a half wins right behind Dallas on a lot of the the wagering Sites and that's the Denver Nuggets And a team that um, you know they're going to Be without one of their big stars and we saw Last year even after he went down They can still be a good Basketball team because they Remind me a little bit of of Dallas In that Jokic The guy is just phenomenal He is so Incredible and what he can do and make guys around him better and how many ways he can impact the game and the way he does it with his the angles that he takes and the way his body just he contorts it kind of to make these little weird um shots down by the basket and he's improved his defense a little bit but i think it's you know we kind of saw I, with this team and with Dallas i think we saw what the fears that maybe they're you know the front office and maybe their fans have in the playoffs last year. You could have these great runs from your stars, and it still not be enough to get you past a really good team. Jokic, he ran into Aiton, who actually played him pretty well. And when Jokic was not able to be the best player on the court, then Denver wasn't winning. Yep, for for sure. And that like, how 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 much higher is Jokic's ceiling compared to what he did last year? He Left it everything on the court last year. He was unbelievable. He was the MVP, and he should have been for the numbers that he would put up for carrying that team along. That being said, Gino, this is a team that I I am negative on this team going into this year. I, I agree. I, I I think I agree. I, I think the loss of Jamal Murray for the entire season is going to be it's going to put them in kind of in a little bit of a bind in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Not a little bit. It's going to put them in a lot of bit of bind. I have never been, I've never seen all of the glory in Aaron Gordon like other people have. And Michael Porter Jr., like, all right, he's he's got the big deal now, but teams, Do you want to count on him? teams go at him. Defensively he, is where he is weak. They go at him, and like, it was like two years ago, they had to take him off the, the, off court. the court in the playoffs. He's like an icing guy. Him, you know, like, he's one of those players that you love having on your team because he can... He can make your, you know, he can blow it up for you and and he can, when, when he's rolling and then you've got him and Jokic and Murray all out there together, it's like, whoa, now you've got all these weapons. But when you have Murray there, it's nice because they're going to be like 40% of the games where Porter Jr. just doesn't have it that night. And not only does he not have it on the defensive end, it's like he's shooting you out of the game sometimes if he's just missing shots because he's like a really high volume, uh, you know, shooter and, and, and score. Um I, I agree with you. I think this team is going to be towards the bottom and make like a play-in team. I don't think they are a top-tier team. I would, I, I think same sort of like we're saying. Like I think because of Jokic, he'll be able to carry them and a lot of nights beat teams that they're just like he's just the best player on the court. I don't think they're going to be in the top tier. I don't think they're going to be a team with a, a home playoff series. 
If anything, I, I've got them in the 5 through 10 More like the 7 through 10 In that play-in spot Because you just look at their roster And, okay, so you've got Jokic Their starting lineup Like, I probably Monte Morris, Will Barton Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon I don't That's not that great You mean Austin Rivers Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, PJ Dozier, Campazzo off the bench. They're fine. There's just Murray feels like it's a gaping hole. And and I the reports are, you know, the spring for him. If with teams like this, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Warriors, you wonder about, you know, Murray, Clay, and Kawhi. If these teams aren't in striking range, why do they even risk them coming back at all? You know? Yeah. Too, I, so. I will say if anybody's playing like fantasy basketball and you need a flyer on a guy from this team, so I'm I've been negative on Denver, but I'm gonna come with one here. When when they played the Wolves, this Bones Highland, who was like a, a first round pick for them, I think like 26th maybe is where he was at. This dude absolutely filled it up versus the Wolves in like this in like a fourth quarter, and he finally got some run. He was talking smack and Patrick Billy nice. and the Wolves was talking smack at him. Bones Highland. I don't, I, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get, but I, I think Mike Malone, I saw something where he said he's going to tr- he has to get a minute and try to figure out. So that guy could be a surprise. Bones Highland. Could be a cool like a fantasy or a DFS play on a night when you're looking for like a DraftKings lineup and you need someone real cheap to fill in your uh, lineup. Keep an eye on him from yeah, the Nuggets. They'll see if Murray can uh, uh, can return. They'll see if MP, uh, MPJ can take that next step. Um can ask Gordon for a little bit more But yeah, now you're counting on MPJ And Gordon, and I'm not sure if those Are pieces that you really want to count on If you're going to try to be a top tier team In the West and, and think you can win it all Let's move to the Pistons As, um, it's a bummer For this Pistons team because, you know You get Cade Cunningham, the number one pick You get a little bit of excitement there And he's probably not going to play um, Right off the bat, he hasn't played in the preseason So far, he's a little bit banged up They are this team is young. They are young. When you just look at the the pieces that they have and and players that they're expecting to be major contributors, Killian Hayes, Kane Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Josh Jackson, Diallo, those are all players that are going to be huge parts. And then, you know, they have Jeremy Grant who they'll they'll need to be, you know, they're Probably the number one on their offense uh, in, in games that Cade's struggling Or out and that's why he came to Detroit Last year because he wanted to be a bigger part How much would Denver love him right now Huh? Yeah they, oh. they, they could use him right now Couldn't they use Jeremy Grant back right now Especially with no Murray Oh they would they would love him in that spot And um, I I mean this team is probably going to be pretty bad and, and one of the worst in the league uh, But they have a, a young you know, guy that they want to build their franchise around And so anytime you have a young pick like that There is some excitement, there is some optimism And we'll see if, you know, if if Cade hits And then one of these other guys hit Then you're probably in good shape, you know, moving forward into next year Where you can try to build around them Or you can at least get some interest or intrigue from some other free agents That might think, oh look, they've got some young pieces to put together So that's sort of how it happens with these teams With a lot of young pieces You need... Like the, you're playing the lottery, just like the lottery picks, right? You need one or two of them to hit, and then one or two of them to be okay, and then you can start to build. Yep, they need them to build, and they need these guys to. They're gonna need them to. They need Cade Cunningham to be the franchise player that people kind of were projected for last year as the tournament was going on and everything. Of all right, number one pick is Cade Cunningham. 
they need him to be that. And just, yeah, like, like, like you said, like the injury situation, like for a team, that's going to be probably one of the, one of the ones that gets beat up by others during the season. Like I, I hate it when teams go into the season injured and that's like, it's, it's just like, it's just, Oh, it gives you just bad vibes of like, especially like a young team the season. And then yeah. things are going to happen when you're hurt going in. Like you just never like, get a shot. It's like yeah, you never even hurt, get a chance. Aiden's hurt a little bit. Cunningham's hurt. Like you've got your projected starting point guard, shooting guard, and small forward all potentially hurt, missing the first game. Like, ugh, oh. ugh. and you're not going to be good anyways. Like that, that's going to be it's gonna be just, a long year in Detroit. God it bless is. For, uh, Casey's soul on that. <laughs> exactly. As we move to a a team that. Feels probably a little bit more optimistic about their uh, their chances this year. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. Their win total is in the 48, 48 and a half range. And Steph Curry just went nuts last year towards the end of the year when they basically started playing like like how high school teams or like low like small college teams play, where it's like, hey, we've got one guy on our team that can really score, and we're just gonna run like. These crazy, crazy schemes to make sure he can get open. Everyone's running screens. Everyone's like moving without the ball all over. And you know what? They were they were sort of fun to watch towards the end of the year last year. And when I, I don't know what they're, uh, what the you know with Clay. We, I don't think anybody knows. None of us really know when when Clay or if Clay or you know uh, what kind of version of Clay is going to come back. But not even counting Clay into the conversation. This team this year with Curry. Wiggins, Green, and then you add in Otto Porter Jr. Jordan Poole has actually looked pretty decent. I think they're at least the same team they were last year and probably better because they have some younger players that can do a little bit more. Like Jordan Poole is someone that there, there's been a lot of buzz on and and it may be able to give at least Steph a couple minutes to rest, a couple minutes to where he doesn't have to, b- have, to have the ball in his hand every every moment. Um, even uh, Bielitsa. Who you know is going to be in the mix there too So those are some actual like veterans Where they're not starting two or three rookies every night Like they were in some cases last year Yeah they, they've done a pretty good job for I think I saw their number Like I think their luxury tax Their penalty this year is like 160 million I think <laughs> is what their penalty is And But the roster does kind of show it Because they've got the high end guys But they've also got a capable bench But like Like the Steph, Steph Curry, like that you'd said about him the last season of doing that, like, is that sustainable for an entire year? Like that was, that was kind of desperation for yeah. them to get into the playoffs and do they that. They can't do that. They cannot they do that. They can't do that the, in November no. of the season. Like you're going to, you're going to kill Steph by the time Clay comes back. And the and problem is like, maybe the month, right. It's kind of a month. Otto and Iggy are players where it's like, if you, you could get a, a zero from both of them. Too. Which is like, how- like Otto Porter is 28 And it seems like He's being treated like he's 48 Right and it's like, He's already went through a max contract And been and dumped and traded And it's like this kid's like 28 years old Like who knows what he could like In a spot like this too Where he doesn't have to be the focal point Or even a big He's going to be in a spot where If he's got something left in the tank He's going to be getting a lot of wide open looks and, and a lot of one-on-one or nobody paying attention to him when they're focusing in on Clay or uh, yep. on, on Steph. Yeah, he's he's going to find himself in situations there. And it's like, 
Wiseman showed some glimpses last year, but he's being looked at almost as like a second thought on this for a guy that was a top three pick last year. And all right, what's, what's he going to do? Like, yeah, he, he had some big games early on last year and then kind of just fell out of the rotation. And that was kind of it for him. But I don't know. I thought Moses Moody was all right at Arkansas. Kaminga was for most of the drafting process was a top five pick and then ended up sliding down a little bit, but yeah, who knows what Iguodala has, but yeah, if, jo- if Jordan Poole can continue on from where he was last year and that and say that that was a, something real and not just a mirage, then that's going to be something that they need. Cause he, yeah, he, like you said, even if clay comes back, how much can you count on him? Like an Achilles Achilles injury is a very difficult one to come back from. And even, even the best of the players have struggled with that. Like, so, so we'll see what he has. Where do you kind of slot them in the in the West? Um, if I I think in the, in the West because of where it is, I think they can be in that. I think they can be in that third through sixth group. I agree. That's exactly where I where I project them. Um, and and then and they have the upside with Clay, yeah, right? Like if they, if he comes with Clay, but also the kids, right? Look, the like, kid because they're gonna get better. Of, you don't need all of the kids to pop, but if you can have between um, Wiseman, Poole, Moody. Moody and Kaminga, if you can have two of those four give you rotation anywhere in like just a rotation player five minutes per game and like double digit points, that's you're gonna you're gonna be just fine. That's but perfect. You need to have those two, you need to have two of those four kids give you legit minutes that kind of equate to one starter. Completely agree. That's where we uh, we both see the uh, the Warriors season very similar, and they're gonna kick off with a fun game where uh, I <laughs> I think you may want to take the over in that, in that opening game against the Lakers because I just don't know what kind of defense we're going to see from them, uh, the Lakers, to start. Um, and uh, we move to the Rockets as, gosh, you look at this roster, and uh, I mean, they're excited about Jalen Green. I think Christian Wood is someone who can be very good, and and he can be a great fantasy player to have you know on your team this year. He can do a little bit of everything. Um, I know they like Sangoon, but... Uh, John Wall, they're going to try to find a, a trade spot for him. Eric Gordon, they will probably try to find a trade spot for him. This team just wants to see what their young players have, and they are going to lose a lot, a lot of games this year. I think they are projected in the 27-ish range for their win totals, and the bottom five teams, bottom like five or six teams, are way below Everybody else and they're in that bottom tier How does this team get to 27 wins I don't know right I really like, don't For people who do the over-unders And everything like that I just Find me the find me the 28th win I know no no you're right Go through them like in, in football obviously It's easier to do because you have a 7, 16, 17 Game schedule right you can go through each game yeah. and You can go okay win loss that game's on the road That might be a tough one and we do it in the NBA too because you can go okay back to back Like they call those schedule losses Sometimes right where you see them on paper Where you're like okay that's probably going to be a tough Game uh th- third game in Four nights or whatever I don't know How many teams like Even even a team like Oklahoma City For example you know like you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander is very is very good, and if he's having a night where, like, he to me is still someone that's got much more upside than anyone on this team, and he could maybe be he's an all star player and someone to, like I. There are just so many question marks on this team. Like they, Kevin Porter Jr. He has had. I mean, you could he couldn't complete a full season at USC because he had 
some some issues off the court and stuff. I don't know how much you can count on him. Um, Jalen Green, we don't know. He's complete. It's it's like with any rookie, he could be a total. He's been great in what we've seen from him. We have no idea how good or what level he's going to be. Yeah, this team. And, and could- we'll see with him. Like in, in, in Kuminga, I guess it was the same thing. Like. These are guys that skipped the high school path and they went to the G League team. And so how, how is that going to translate? Is that going to that's going to accelerate them going into their rookie year? Or where is that exactly going to be compared to the college path? It'll be interesting to see how these guys play out on that. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. Like I, we, that's Wolves open up against them. So we're going to get to see them Wednesday night and kind of excited to see it. But. You're you're nervous because you're like We can't lose to this team That's what you're thinking already in your head a little bit right Exactly (laughs) Game one one You're never saying it's a plus win Or anything like that But you look at this roster and you go gosh If because the the T-Wolves that we'll get to in a, in a, They're definitely one of the teams that a lot of people Are excited about this year when we get And and Houston Mm -hmm. just couldn't feel more Of the opposite like You just you feel bad for is it Bickerstaff and like the coaching staff? They couldn't I mean, win. Steven Silas, right? Silas, Silas. Last year, remember it was, it was Silas. Two years, like poor, like poor understand. guy. Like fine, you could try to get a head coaching job, and then you get this job and have to deal with the Harden fiasco from last year, and then now you've got John Wall, who's got two years left on a deal where they're just all right. You're making thirty five million a year, and we're just not gonna don't even bother. We're gonna work on trying to find a trade for you. Poor Silas was just trying to get this team And they were fine, like, they would lose these close games Or weird things would happen at the end They had that massive losing streak And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be all that much different For Houston this year As we move to uh, a Pacers team That, gosh Just like you were saying about When we were talking about Detroit You know, it's such a bummer to start the season So banged up We already know with this Pacers team That Warren will be out for weeks, not days. That's not something you ever like hearing either when they say about an injury. He will be out for weeks, not days. Never good. Um, Lavert, they're going to reevaluate him, I think, on October the 25th and see, you know, what's next for him. Malcolm Brogdon does look like he's going to play in the opener and, and he is very, very good when he plays. Unfortunately, he's had massive injury issues. That was one of the reasons why the Bucks traded him. Uh, you know, from thing I remember things that I read when when he was getting evaluated for the NBA draft. And one of the reasons why he didn't really, you know, he wasn't as as high of a pick as maybe he would have is a lot of people were concerned about his injury history as sort of an older player. So that's just that's a bummer because you bring in Carlisle, and this is a team that's always. Kind of overachieved with with their roster, and if they had Levert and Warren and Brogdon all healthy with Sabonis and Turner, you know that's not a bad group of five players to start with, and then you mm-hmm. got to figure things out. I, I just don't know the kind of depth they have if they're going to be able to fill in for for Warren and Levert and you know and those kind of players. Yep, for for sure. Like and like Chris Duarte, like like as teams try to get younger and younger with the draft picks and he was a little bit older, like he, maybe he's going to be able to slide in here. I know his preseason, I think people were pretty optimistic on him that he's going to slide in he's going to get minutes and he's going to get shots because yeah, like you said, with, with them being injured, he, he's going to get a role on this team. And Sabonis had some, Sabonis had some big games last year, Miles Turner, but yeah, do they try to move Miles Turner? I can't believe 
can't believe Rick Carlisle is going to go in there and take this job. And then on the first sign of any problems, they would try to blow this team up. Right. Does it, that, does that seem like it would be up to you? Like if Carlisle yeah. is going to go there at the first sign of distress, blow up this team. I don't think it's, I don't think that's going to be their plan. They probably have to try to not let the ship take on too much water and then hope the guys come back and then they can try to make a little bit of a run. But even at that, like, I, I just don't know what the upside is with this team. Like, on, like, an optimistic scenario, I guess maybe they're, like, 6th, 7th, 8th, maybe 7th, 8th, ninth type of thing. Yeah, I agree. And it's just, it's they're one of the harder teams for me to bridge because I love Sabonis. Like, when you're talking about fantasy players, too, I had a couple mm-hmm. of my fantasy drafts last year, last night, and he's one of those players that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have the name recognition as a lot of the other like really good players, but this dude does every single thing that you need on a fantasy basketball team. You know, if you're playing any kind of season long or even DFS nights, he just doesn't get drafted at the higher clip as everyone else because people go, "Oh, it's a bonus. He's kind of good." And then you dig in and you go, "Oh my gosh! Like this guy really does it all." Um, but you know, Turner was good last year. He played a lot better defense. Like he he started to kind of. I think grow into the player they wanted him to be, but now unfortunately they're they're without Lavert and Warren. So um, I, I'm with you. I think you know nothing would shock me with this team because they're well coached. And if they ended up at the end of the season, if their health, you know, they had a good year with some of their health luck, and they were in that you know fifth, sixth, seventh range, I wouldn't be shocked. I probably have them closer to like the eighth range just because they might be, they might have a tough time starting the year with some of that injury stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Let's move to the Los Angeles teams. First we go Clippers, then we go Lakers. And this Clippers team, man, they were so impressive in the playoffs last year after Kawhi went down. I think everybody just put a line right through them and just assumed this is the team that almost lost in round one with Kawhi uh, to Dallas. And we know what they did with Kawhi a couple years ago when they kind of spit out the big lead against Denver. And then Paul George, it was sort of weird. It was like there was a lot of like there was like no pressure on him because almost everybody was expecting them to fail to where he just sort of played basketball again. And we got this incredible version of Reggie Jackson that was like what Reggie Jackson, uh, Terrence Mann had some unbelievable games. I um, you kind of hit this with uh, another team when we were talking about the Warriors earlier and, and some of the other conversations. I, I think that's the kind of thing that that can you can do in a little stretch or even in a playoff round or two. You can kind of get really up for it. I'm worried about an entire season. It, like if Paul George gets a little bit banged up here, they could be in big trouble. They could be in really really big trouble. Um and. There's a lot of guys that are just sort of okay. Do, do we are we going to get that good version of Reggie Jackson again? I I will say that uh, you know we've we've started to talk fantasy a little more. I picked Paul George in both of the fantasy leagues that I'm in because I think he might be the MVP of the season this year. He may just have to try to do everything, and we've seen him he can do it pretty efficiently. I mean, I I don't know where this team is going to be at all this year, Dave. I. I tend to be down on this team a little bit. I just, I, I don't think the, maybe Paul George does do that and can, carries this team the entire way. But I, I just, I don't know. Reggie Jackson seemed like he, he caught a good role last I year. Agree. And now, yeah. now it's going to be elevated. They're going to need more out of him. Bledsoe, Bledsoe's been an all right player, but 
they're probably going to need more out of him. And then the Zubak and Marcus Morris, I, I'm not not overly fond of that. It's going to be it's going to be what can Paul George do for them? And he play playoff P came back last year. And he, he did. He, he did. Was all right. Like he was all right. It was weird. Like the. He gets another star to play with him, and it just doesn't work. But then he goes back on his own, and then the magic's back. It's all in his head, the poor guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you know those kind of things are all in your head. Because it's like how how on the court it doesn't make sense that you should be you, you should have been so much better. And I, I I think they're towards the bottom of maybe like the the West. I, I do. I think they're they'll still be competitive some nights, but I don't like I'm looking at the team's in the West, like why are why is this team better than the T Wolves? Probably because of Paul George, but that like, but beyond that, like, I, yeah, I, what else? Like, yeah, and and you, you and, look off a name recognition, all right, you get like their reserves, like, oh man, they got Serge Ibaka on the bench. Just he, he was, Nicholas he may be nothing. Like, he but, was right, nothing what are last guys year. Really going to do like Winslow's been hurt for the last like two to three years. It feels like Ibaka, like. It just it didn't work last year. Batum Batum had a lot better season last year than I think anybody. I think everybody Absolutely. thought the trend was completely off the tires, and he he came back and he was he actually had a pretty solid year. Can he so, do that again? Can he do that again? I, I just I, I I I tend to be down on this team of like they're gonna they're gonna win games and they'll probably they'll probably knock off the Lakers one of those games and they'll knock off teams, but I I don't think it's anything that's sustained. Like Paul George is gonna win them games, but. I, I think this team has is going to have some down nights. Like they were, they were such an incredible like three point shooting team last season. So like, right? efficient. They, were, they and they they just made everything. And like, all right, what well, do they have that in them again? Like, if that just comes down a tick, yeah. right? Like a little bit, they're losing more games last year with a better team, you know. Yeah. And now I agree. With, like they're, I thought the total for them is just way high. To be honest, it was like forty five and a half. 46 ish like I got them like if any closer to 500 or below and and if 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 all things go well and they surprise me like I will be the first to give Paul George credit hell I hope he does well fantasy wise but I think that's what he's going to be like a good fantasy player that fills it up but but they don't win a lot of games uh, um I, I just think the rosters on the on the wet in the west are a lot you know I just like more than them as we move to uh, my my team, the Lakers, who, I mean, I think the Lakers, when the smoke clears at the end, will be in the 50 to 50 to 60 win range, probably 50, 50 to 55 win range. Um, I, I, I'm a little worried about the first couple weeks of the season with all of these different pieces that are in. They're all not historically... You know, besides LeBron and AD, the the rest of them are not historically great defenders. Frank Vogel is a very defensive-focused coach that will just beat that into them over and over. Uh, we've seen in preseason, I don't want to, you know, go crazy about preseason, but they were 0-6, and, and there were a lot of times where it was like, oh, that's just lazy defense. <laughs> they, they've already had injuries to Ariza. Um, he's going to be out for a while. THT's out for probably a month. Ellington's not playing in game one. Uh, Monk and Nunn were both banged up, but they I think both of them will be playing. Um, so n- lots of new pieces, and they're trying to play at this insanely fast pace because they have Russ now. 
And it's not really the kind of pace that you you play out when you have a LeBron team because LeBron usually handles the ball and slows it down. So I wouldn't be shocked if the first week or two doesn't look great, although they don't have the most difficult schedule. So they might be okay. The end of the year, they they're gonna be, you know, there. And when you look at the way the West is, what what's nice for this Lakers team is they should have plenty of room to kind of go through their growing pains. The Clippers don't have Kawhi. Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, the Golden State doesn't have Clay. So the top teams right away in the West are already going to be, you know, at a disadvantage. The Jazz kind of feel like this regular season team. You know, we'll get to them in a minute. Phoenix, they've got everybody coming back, but they might be dealing with some of the short turnaround issues that the Lakers dealt with last year. So I think the Lakers probably feel good about, you know, where they are. Um, AD. He kind of looks like he's trying to prove a point this year, Dave. I think he doesn't like hearing the "I'm injury prone." He's injury prone, or he's soft, or he. So he feels like of everyone, he's ready right now. He's in great shape, and I think poor AD is going to get stuck trying to carry a lot of this defensive load. They're going to try to funnel a lot, a lot into him, and he's going to have to pick up the uh, the slack. So I'm, you know, I'm total mixed feelings about where they will go. You know. About their ebbs and flows through the season At the end of the year though if you tell me you're going to put AD LeBron and if, if We've got healthy like Ariza THT Kemp Bazemore who I, I Kind of like um, in a playoff Series with the with Russ And the opportunity for him to go a little crazy You know like I still think they're probably the Team to beat when it's all said and done but I have no idea what it's going to look Like like getting there It's it's going to be yeah like you said It's going to be interesting to get there I think Based off of last year right like Lakers and there were some injury problems there with LeBron and AD, but they co- when they even when they were healthy, they coasted a bit and they lost games that they shouldn't have lost, which put them into that complete bind at the end of the season with like, oh, we hate this playing tournament. It's so stupid because it put the Lakers all of a sudden on the edge of what are they going to are they going to make the playoffs? Like, where are they going to be? So I think that's going to that's going to waken them up and get a little bit more serious effort of them out of the regular season rather than, Hey, let's just coast through and make a playoffs. They're going to try to cement their spot in the playoffs. Um, but like, like, like you said, like I, I want to see Russell Westbrook. If these guys stay healthy, I want to see Russell Westbrook and how he handles himself as the potential third option on offense. Right. Like that's, late late in the game, if it's yep. in, a, in a big game, that's a close game, tie game in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. Who who's got the ball? LeBron, right? I mean, you I want at that point you want LeBron. So then, where is Russ? Is he just standing in the corner at the three point line? Because if so, are you better off having a better three point shooter standing there? You know, teams uh, are I, teams are going to help off for Russell on that. Right, like they, they've got to. Absolutely, you're and gonna make so him. He's he's gonna have to shot. become a cutter again and cut to the rim. And if, and if LeBron's gonna be able to get him the ball, if he's cutting towards the rim with his like Russell's athleticism is still there, LeBron's gonna be able to take advantage of that. But is Russell gonna have the mindset to do that? Yeah, we'll see. I I do really like like they're, yeah, they're they weren't the sexiest pieces that they had during the off season, but I I do think. Nun or Monk, they need one of those two. Yep, to kind of play that KCP role mm-hmm. that they no longer have, and they're they're going to need one of those two. I think to step in and do that, just light it up. And yep. Monk is lit it up um, from volume from three sort of early, and Nun is a little bit like 
Feistier defensively So I think they'll both get plenty of opportunities Because he none tries a little bit harder On the defensive side which Vogel likes Like if you just try on that side mm-hmm. Frank's going to give you a lot of opportunities there I think that's why he's been sort of a big fan Of Bazemore early on and Bazemore is another one Is Any of those rotation players It's going to be the same thing like last year with the Lakers Like they the Lakers swapped out KCP, Kuzma and Caruso who are some of their big rotation pieces Because unfortunately those guys didn't hit the shots For them last year when it mattered And now you bring in other rotation players Now those guys are going to get those same shots That they're going to mm-hmm. have to hit And uh, we'll see if they can For this Lakers team As we move to the Memphis Grizzlies and I think the one thing with this Memphis Grizzlies team Bummer that Dylan Brooks Who was really good in the playoffs last year Has a broken hand So he's going to be reevaluated in a few weeks but uh, John Morant continues to step forward They bring in Steven Adams So they'll get a, a nice veteran presence there At the center spot But uh, you just keep hearing about Jaron Jackson Jr. As the guy for them that You know, if they want to be A better team and step forward They are going to need more from him He is one of those big men That we kind of talked about Sort of like a um, He has the template and the profile He can do everything you want for a modern day Big man in the NBA He just has to stay healthy and improve If he does He is someone that you know Makes them a little bit better of a team I just sort of kind of feel like They're always going to be right now In that range towards the you know The bottom of the playoff group Yep they're They should be right around there And it it is Jaron Jackson Like when he when he was healthy his second year, end of the first year, he was unbelievable. And then it's just he just hasn't been able to stay on the court. I I, I don't I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't a big fan of the trading for Steven Adams and kind of, it was weird because Jonah Jonas was was freaking awesome for them in the playoffs last year. He was really good and he can stretch the floor a little bit more. And I don't know, maybe maybe they're trying to mimic themselves off the the Oklahoma City teams were using Jai as the Westbrook, Dylan kind of as the KD variety, and then Steven Adams playing that role, I guess, would, and with Jaron Jackson as maybe like the Ibaka role. And it's like, all right, let's, 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 that's going to be our blueprint. That's going to be our team. I, I don't know if it'll work. I, Desmond Bain was, he, he was kind of an older rookie last year and dude can shoot. So when you when you've got him being able to shoot like he can Brooks with what he did, yeah, it sucks that he's going to be out for a little bit with the injury. Um, D'Anthony Melton was kind of a, a great guard off the bench for them last year, and he stepped in and had some really good moments. But it's just we'll see. I yeah, it was it was weird. Like just even guys like Brandon Clark, who they have drafted I think two years ago, had a great rookie year, and then last year he wasn't even to get playing. Minutes. Yeah, wasn't playing at all. And they took a flyer on, like, the Timberwolves, I think, benefited from, uh, they got, they had picked up Patrick Beverly in a trade, and then Memphis traded Patrick Beverly to the Wolves for Culver and Hernan Gomez. And, like, kind of both those players were ones that Minnesota people thought maybe you would have to package, like, a second-round pick to get rid of them. And instead, we were able to move both those two for Beverly. And I, I think that's a big gain on our end. So completely it, agree. It'll be interesting. Like I know Culver was one of the last people that I think that made that team from from a report that I had seen. So it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what this what this team does. Like I Jaws rookie year was phenomenal. And then it seemed like last year maybe he's just a little bit of a sophomore slump out of him. So we'll see how he comes back in year three. Right? Third year with him. 
right? God, yeah, and he, yeah, you're right. He, the, the key with him is just shooting. You know, can he continue to? In, in what I liked about Jaw is he seems like the type of player like when he loses or has a bad game that it pisses him off and he mm-hmm. gets fired up and then he bounces back and has a really good game the next. It's sort of all you could ask for from someone, right? Is that they don't put back to bad games back to back like that. And that's what we kind of seen from him. He's generally always like after a really bad showing, he's come back. He he hit his threes. He would get everybody else involved. They were really feisty. They they still it's funny with a totally different group of players. They still sort of have that like we're gonna be really tough on you, like the Grizzlies have always had. You know, yeah. they're not Gasol and Conley and you know Randolph from years back. They're very different with the way they play, but they still feel like, hey, don't expect to come over here and and it's just gonna be easy on you. We're gonna we're gonna put it to you. Um, I'm with you. They're they're in that six. They feel like or, a playing candidate, right? Yep. Seven yeah, like I think a, if they there. were if they were to get into the playoffs and get themselves a series and not have to get in a play in game, I think that would be a really successful year for them. They yeah. they probably feel really good about if they could finish in the top six, and if not, um, try to win that thing and and sneak in, and uh, and see if they can continue their development as we move back to the. Uh, Eastern Conference, and we headed to the Miami Heat. Miami Heat's kind of an interesting team this year. They bring in Kyle Lowry. So you look at, you know, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo. They also bring in PJ, who uh, helped Milwaukee win it all last year. And uh, they bring in Markeith Morris, who, and I think a lot of people forget this is a guy who he he can't do it night in, night out for you, but he started games in the finals for the Lakers. He, he can have really good moments in. He can kind of do a little bit for you on both sides of the court. Okay, defensively, he'll hit shots when he's open. Um, Tyler Hero, there's been all the buzz about him in the preseason. I think he's like leading the preseason in, uh, or he had 29.9 points per 36. So everyone was going crazy about him. But if you know, they they should be better. I mean, you bring someone like Lowry in when you have the the one thing I'm thinking about them is like Lowry. PJ Tucker and Jimmy Butler. I definitely would would not definitely would not want to run into this team in like a dark alley in a fight. You mean like they've they've got oh. some dude, they've got some dudes on their team that in a playoff series, if those guys if those guys are healthy, they're gonna be miserable to try to play like in a seven game series. Oh, they get some tough guys. Yeah, they're they're gonna be tough. That being said, Gino, as Denver was kind of a team I faded in the West, I think I am the same way with Miami on this. I, Case, I'm going to go with this. Kyle Rowe, he's 35. He's been through a lot of a lot of wars. Jimmy plays hard, but has also been through a lot of wars. I, I I'm worried. I'm worried about this team with with. They've got Duncan Robinson for for shooting with Hero. I'm just I'm just worried a little bit about this team. Like PJ Tucker looked pretty washed last year, and until the finals. Like he stepped up and he did play much better there, but now back, you know, counting on him to be a kind of a your four, there's you're gonna have two thirty five plus guys in your starting lineup that you're gonna depend on for thirty some minutes a game probably. I, I I'm I'm a little bit worried with Miami that I'm... that maybe maybe it just doesn't work. And granted, Pat Riley seems like he he pulls every string absolutely properly and with Spolstra. Like those two, I should you should trust that they're gonna get it all good. Like Popovich back with that old those first squad, you don't know how they're gonna do it, but they always figure out a way. 
So that's probably what will happen with Miami. It just feels like there's a chance that that goes a little bit sour. They struggled. They struggled last year and then kind of picked it up at the very end after after they had the big bubble run to the finals. But I, I have a feeling this team, maybe there's a chance that things just don't work as smoothly as planned here. They're a team that I would not bet or play any of their regular season stuff. But if their team was healthy going into the playoffs and they and after seeing it in the playoffs, I think yep. they would be a better team in the like they could overachieve if it works and we've seen it through the season and we go, oh, you know what? Like they're solid. I think we may even get better versions of them in the playoffs because they're badass. They like they could be really, really tough and well coached. But I completely agree with you. If like if Lowry just gets hurt. Like this guy's got a lot of minutes. He's getting older. Jimmy Butler's been asked to do a lot. PJ Tucker, for as great as he is defensively, he gives you very little on the offensive side, too. Like he can give you corner threes, and that's about it. Um, so I'm one hundred percent in agreement with you. They're one of those teams where I would like I would bet them to win the Eastern Conference, not with like the best record, but to win it all, or mm-hmm. to to like finish out of the playoffs. Or like in the play-in, one of the two Because I don't, yeah, like I could see A very wide range for them As, um It would not surprise me to see them in that play-in mix Completely agree Not not at all Yeah, I, I, it would not surprise me at all And they got the Oladipo question You never know with him, February, March People are talking about um, even if he comes back after all these injuries again, what version? But again, like like we're saying, maybe they they have a s- decent year. Then they start to figure things out toward the end. Then you add someone like Oladipo, and if he can add a little bit of an extra, you know, piece to your bench, and he, Oladipo can come off the bench there and and just fill it up for you too. Now your team's a little bit deeper. Now maybe you've got a little bit more room, you know, for uh, for error. But we got to see it first. I think they're definitely one of the teams I need to see it from first. Where like, yeah, Butler's thirty-two, Lowry's thirty-five, and PJ Tucker's thirty-six. That's like for, that's other, your... for other teams, and Lakers are probably the only other one where you're you have, you have three key participants combined a hundred years old. It's yeah. not something that's not the way that the league is trending. And even the Lakers are going to be like their number two, and maybe even their number one. Really, is AD? You yeah. know, and he's a little younger and 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 a lot less miles. So. um yeah, that's that's a, a great point there with the uh, the older veteran uh, Miami Heat team. We'll see what they have to offer against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who, uh, I mean, they're good. And, you know, Giannis is just going to keep getting better. And Giannis sort of figured out last year, I think, as the playoffs got on, what he can do, what he should do. He's never going to be a great three-point shooter. He's just got to continue to keep improving with his free throws, which he did towards the end of the playoffs. He really had some of those awesome free throw games. And I think my main worry with this team is just the, you know, the miles they put on last year and maybe with the short turnaround. But you look at towards the top of the East, they've got Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, and that's going to give them a nice like floor every single night with those three. Um, if they can get Dante DiVincenzo back at some time, that adds to them. You know, guys like Pat Connaughton played pretty well. Bobby Portis has done very well for them off the bench. They they love him there. They bring in Grayson Allen, who's is kind of one of those annoying guys who's a really good guy to bring in off of a t- to a team that just won because Grayson Allen doesn't ever take anything off. Right? He's like yep. always. 
he, every play in practice he's annoying you and the, you always want to bring in some fresh blood after you've won it all. So it, they seem like they've done a little bit of that, but I mean, I imagine they're going to be short of a Giannis injury. Like they're probably going to be right up there again towards the top of the East as they've been such a really good regular season team through the last few years. Yep. And Hey, how about that? A, a small market Midwest team in the, in the era of all these like destination teams and everything like that. You have a small market team that they took their swings and they, they went into the tax to do the Drew Holiday and then re-upping with Chris Middleton and even like roles of like Grace and Allen where I think they just gave him two years, 10 million per year. Like this is a team. Hey, Giannis, you are important. You are our franchise and we are going to do everything that it takes to win and put the team around you. Because there is, if last year went sour, right, there, there was chatter that does Giannis get out of there? And they did everything that they could to try to put the team around him to show him and give him the respect that he kind of deserved. And it worked out. So it's great to see it when it actually pans out that way and happens. So like it was, it was awesome to see like for Milwaukee to win the NBA title when it seems like it's always Lakers, Miami, like, like destinations, even golden state. Like it was cool to see. And it is like, they worked really hard in that postseason. They're, like Giannis was hobbling through those games and st- and willed them to the championship. But how much does that kind of hurt them this year, at least at the start? Like Giannis hasn't big, been a big load management player, but do they start doing that a little bit more with him now? We'll see. I, I think I, but so. I they're think gonna so. Be, they're going to be a top two team for me. I agree. So, I think. I think. And it's I think them, what the you'll Nets, notice and Atlanta as kind of right. my top three with these two probably the one Nets and. And that's in Milwaukee is the one and two over there and Atlanta's number three. I, I just kind of like feel the the safest about Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, like about everyone anyone else is just any any team that has a bad injury to one of their stars, like we saw last year, they're gonna be in trouble, right? Like mm-hmm. any any team where they lose a big piece is gonna be in trouble. But I sort of just feel like with who their three are, with Giannis, with Middleton, with Drew, they're not a bunch of injury history guys. They're sort of young, like youngish when you compare them to some of the big stars that some of the other top teams have. They don't have to, like Giannis will do a lot, but you brought in Drew and Middleton to help him carry the load through. Like, just like you were saying, you know, you don't need it to be Giannis. Like you kind of have it with Luka or with Jokic. It's like every night it's Luka. Every night it's all Jokic. They don't really have to be that way as much anymore. Yeah, they're just a good team, and like you said, it's exciting to see a small market team. The big stars stay; they win it all, and and the vibe is really good for them. You know, moving forward into this year, in my opinion, they're yeah. And anyone that says they played Milwaukee to win it all or thinks they'll be right back again, um, I, I agree with you. I think they sort of growing pains. They figured out how they needed to win last year. As uh, and like Middleton with them, like he he was one where he he, he was a great regular season player but there were questions on him in the postseason and last year in the postseason he stepped up and I think it was game four maybe versus Phoenix when he had like 40 points in the game like and like so close Giannis, Giannis he Giannis needed somebody else to do it and Middleton was there and he hit every single shot that he took it was or it felt like he hit every single shot that he took like Middleton won them that game he is, and so where does that catapult him into this season? Of like, hey, give me my respect, like, and and, and just even just the confidence thing, yeah. right? Just knowing where you are in the pecking order, because he is one of the best 
tough shot makers in the game mm-hmm. And the shots that he makes are like a shot clock running down He went it, he passed it into Giannis Giannis couldn't find anything So they get it back to Middleton He's got the ball with like three, two One of the best defenders Hand in his face And he's got to pull up, you know From like a foot in front of the three-point line In just this crazy shot And he makes it yeah. and, and he he is a legitimate good piece for them I was excited to see them win last year Honestly, uh, as a big Laker fan I want my team to win But if it's not my team uh, They were one of the teams that uh, I felt really good about and uh, and happy for them, and uh, we move to your team now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who I think a lot of oh, <laughs> there we go. A lot of people are excited about where they're headed right now. I mean, Edwards last year was so so good, should have been the rookie of the year. His second half of the season, what he was doing in big moments, high efficiency, both sides of the ball. Now you've got Towns who. Last year from the very beginning The health issues that Towns And D'Angelo were dealing with And Carl had all the the COVID stuff With his family and it was just a year From as bad as it could be From the very beginning You have to, you know, you have the coach stuff And you bring in a new coach in the middle of the year Which just never happens in the NBA And then you guys started to click Towards the end, you started to figure it out And it seems like The depth of this team now You bring in Patrick Beverly as a real nice veteran to just keep your young guys working hard every single day. Now you have Malik Beasley, who was someone who you were counting on to score 20 points a game for you early in the year last year. He's going to be coming off the bench. Jaden McDaniel is someone who came out of nowhere. He's going to continue to progress. This team is is really exciting, and I would not be shocked at all if they are right in the mix for the the play in spot or one of those bottom you know play in game um in the west i really think that they are you, when you look at the teams that are below them they feel like they have so much of a better roster with a lot of upside i think people forget about d'angelo russell man like he's not a great defensive player but this guy was an all-star a couple years ago he can really light it up he d'angelo like i i, I don't know he it just didn't I don't know if he and Ryan Saunders saw eye to eye, but when Finch took over, when Chris Finch took over and D'Angelo was kind of going through an injury at that point and he came back, like it seemed like he had a, he clicked with him very good. And that was just like the free flowing offense and moving it around. Like, and D'Angelo kind of has played everything properly since then. And like, we had D'Angelo on and he talked about how healthy he feels like, like for the, like after having the surgery last year and have like summer recouping, he feels healthy and this is as good as he's felt. So it's a big year for him. Like he, he's got two years left on his deal and he's players are trying to get extensions. So I D'Angelo, he's going to, he's going to make everything run. He's going to get towns in the right spot. Edwards, like I said, Edwards should have been rookie of the year last year, but you know what? That's over. I I think if Anthony Edwards continues where he was that last two months of the season last year, he's gonna make he's gonna highlight tapes for me one thing, but I think he's gonna find himself in the mix for the all-star game. I really think I think there's a scenario in play where Edwards is averaging like 26, six boards, and like four or five assists. And the knock on him was he's a scorer, but what else does he do? He he grew two inches over the offseason. If if you haven't seen him, he he looks leaner and he looks different than what he did last year because he was a 19-year-old kid. 
last year he really should have been a freshman in college last year because he had reclassified. So he's a young kid for his age. He grew two inches. I, Anthony Edwards, yeah, they're, if the season goes right, Wolves are going to be in that mix for the play-in spot. They should be in that mix, and who knows, maybe even better. But Anthony Edwards, I think, Anthony Edwards and Cat should be nibbling on the door for the All-Star game. Cat for sure, probably, but Anthony Edwards should be along in that mix. They've got depth. Patrick Beverly is one of those players that when he was on the other team, when he was on the Clippers, I hated him. Like, right? You hate him? Oh, absolutely. They're talking smack. They're pissing you off and it's like he does his job though he serves he, a purpose he's on the game and he just doesn't shut up he like yep he's yelling at everybody and it's like this is what this team needs and like a couple years ago and when, when jimmy came in like all right somebody to somebody to give a different attitude and push like mm-hmm. don't anger people but give them that little bit extra encouragement and like hey we can be a little bulldog like one of the preseason games cat got hit and kind of went down hard and beverly was the right there backing him up and going at going at the opponent. And that hasn't necessarily been a staple of Minnesota teams in the recent years of standing up for your guy. And Beverly, in his first home game, stood up for his guy. And that's going to go a long way. The Timberwolves are trying to defend pick and rolls more aggressively. They're trying to get the ball out of the initial ball handler's hands more often. They just got to make sure that the weak side defense is, is sharp and their rotations are. But they have the personnel there, like athletic personnel. Chris Finch now with a full off season and a good start to the season with seven of the first eight games at home. So yeah. a really nice way to get to, hey, let's get to like five and three or something like that right off the bat, you know. Six and two, just kind of feel good about where we are, not have to worry about being, you know, looking up at a, a bad number. And now we've got all these injuries and stuff. Let's just get a better feel for how we start the year. Um, I'm excited about the T Wolves. I look forward to checking in with you and uh, and checking on their progress throughout because I like a lot of the pieces that they have. And hey, even a shout out to uh to a guy Jordan McLaughlin, you know, mm-hmm. who who does anytime he gets the opportunity to get on the court, he just plays like an NBA player, like what you want. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes, like. Does what you what you ask, runs the offense well, he can hit a three. Uh shout out to the former Trojan over there. I like a lot of the pieces that Minnesota has. And gosh, I feel so opposite about the next team we're gonna discuss. Uh, the Pelicans. It's like the vibe for this team just a year or two ago. You know, you draft Zion, you've got all these draft picks, but Griffin, who's been in charge, he's made some moves that are head scratching. You know, this is going to be their third head coach now in three years. And then we just find out a few days ago, like, Zion's hurt. What? Yeah. Like, this was another one that just killed. We don't even know Zion. He's not doing anything more than one-on-one stuff right now. So he's not going to be ready next week. He's a little ways away. We didn't know anything about this at all. And then you look at their roster. Um you know, Valanciunas for like for a big for them, he's actually not a bad big to have next to Yon or to uh, to Zion. You know, if that's if that's the point, like mm-hmm. he can he can stretch the the court, he can play some defense down low and do some of the non-Zion things. I, I don't. I mean, I like Brandon Ingram. I like Bi. He's he's gotten better and he's become like a really nice player. I don't love the rest of their roster. I mean, Devontae Graham and Walker, sure. Uh, Sadoransky is like a, just a total backup point guard. Their first round pick, Trey Murphy. Josh Hart is a fine like rotation piece, but there's just 
even last year with the with what uh Reddick was saying when he left there and and about the bad just like bad energy coming out of there. I don't like anything I'm hearing. I wouldn't be shocked if they're really really bad this year again. Yeah, I totally agree with you. This was yeah, this was one of the teams we well we saw in the preseason, and there there was like I think it was the second quarter of that game when all of a sudden the Timberwolves starters turned it up versus New Orleans, and New Orleans just had no answer for them. Like it was. And New Orleans had their guys out there. And it's, yeah, I, I, I see this This is going to be a struggle, it feels like, for this team. And Brandon, Brandon Ingram's good, but I, I don't know if he's good enough to carry this team without, especially without, without Zion. And I don't even know with, with, when Zion comes back. Like, then how good are they? Count on him. Like, yeah. It's, it, it, their, their bench has got a lot of sketchiness on it. Like, it, it's, I think it's, it's going to be a struggle, and like, yeah, Will, Willie Green gets his chance. Yeah, then they are projected this roster to deal with. They're projected at like thirty nine. I'm I'd go under. Yeah, I mean, I'd go way under. Like, I I I think, you know, and it's like anything. If things start out bad, then you start worrying. Like Zion, if he they push him back, Zion's already had comments about maybe is he going to leave? Who knows what's going on with JJ Redick or like with the. Uh, Reddick's agency was the same agency of Zion's. So yeah. if 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 Reddick had some problems there and didn't like what he was dealing with, you think Zion loved it? Those people probably didn't like how like so the, the Pelican stuff is weird too because that organization is like they share a lot of the facilities with the Saints because they're they're they were owned by some of the same people. So a lot of the, the things that I was reading a lot of the times were talking about how you know when Anthony Davis. Came to the Lakers He was like in facilities that he was not used to Like he was getting like Coaching and treatment and stuff that he had never Experienced in his whole life Um, So yeah, I don't I don't know how great things are over there And uh, I, I'm, I'm not high on them This year A team that was awesome last year came out of nowhere Was the New York Knicks And they, uh, they disappointed a little bit in the playoffs And, and Julius Randle I think just kind of showed that Like he can't really be your number one option in the playoffs. He's still a very good player. He had an excellent year. I think he'll have another good year, but I don't think he can be your guy and try to carry you. Um, this team, you know, I do don't I don't mind the additions that they brought in. They kind of look a lot like the same team from last year, but now you add Kemba and now you add Fournier. And if you're adding them in pieces of like, you know, Alfred Payton and others that weren't as huge, like as big of a you know, part of your team last year you, you expect RJ Barrett to continue To step forward and improve You expect Mitchell Robertson to improve Derrick Rose has still got a little bit left in the tank there He was really good off the bench And closing games for them I don't think they're top three or four But I, I don't think they're a bad team I think they're kind of right after that Like fighting for Fighting to try to get a series You know fight yeah. like Hopefully lo- loving to not be in the play-in But maybe in the play-in Yep, for sure. Like that, yeah, they're they're going to be in that five through eight range is where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. It's it'll it'll be with like Julius Randle last year, like when they surprised everybody that first half of the season because this was a team we thought were was going to be junk last year. They were and so they bad on paper. Their their roster was just a hodgepodge, away. right? Yeah, <laughs> it was like like so. Yeah, like but they ran their offense through Julius, and Julius had for fantasy basketball players he. Knocked every category <laughs> off the team last year. He did everything, yeah. and then as the year went on, then they progressed, and they all of a sudden they brought in Derrick Rose, and that he 
he's a ball dominant guard. So when you, you bring him in, that changes that and takes the ball out of Randall's hands a little bit. So now you've got Rose there, but you've also brought in Kemba. Well, Kemba's not going to just be a spot up shooter for this team, right? Kemba's going to be pick and roll and he's going to, he's going to have the ball and have shots Four years going to have shots. Like, I think, so it'll be interesting to see Randall's role after being like, the just point like forward. a high usage yeah. guy that first half of the year compared to where it's going to be now, where he's going to be, he's, he's still going to be like a main cog of it, but he's not going to be the man like what he was last year. Which, and which I, might be, be might yeah, be and it should be, yeah, I was going to say, it could be better for them as a team, right? Yep. If once they figure it out, like they just feel like they feel a little deeper. Last year in those playoff games, when they were playing the Hawks, it was like, oh, Julius is struggling. So now you need 30 from Derrick Rose. Yep. You know, and that was it. Like that was, that was it. Um, I I I like their team better. That they don't. It's funny because I like their team better, but I'm I'm not convinced they have a better finish to the seat. You know, I mean, like last year they played so well. If they're like fifth or sixth or seventh, that doesn't mean their team. You know, they may have more of an opportunity to win a series this year with this team the way it's built. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be able to have that same kind of regular season they had because that, like you said, that was just magic. Like they were, everything was going well for them. They do get 14 of their first 15 games against Eastern Conference team, and they don't play outside of the Eastern or Central time zones until February. So okay. no big trips at all early. So maybe they can take advantage of a, of a, a friendly schedule and not having to move around a whole heck of a lot. As we move around to the OKC The next two teams we're going to talk about Are the two lowest teams in the NBA Based on their win totals And um, yeah, these two teams are going to be really bad Oklahoma City has 18 first round picks And 18 second round picks Coming coming up <laughs> in, the, in the books uh, In their next few years so While you were doing that intro They've probably now traded and accumulated two more first say, It's now up to It's like some of those websites that have the ticker you know, yeah. like you could just go to like Oklahoma draft, Oklahoma city lottery picks.com and just like see their ticker going up and up every day. Um, I mean, they, like you said, trying to count the wins with some of these teams towards the bottom, you know, they're projected, I think at 23, 23 and a half. And, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander is very good. He, he could be an, a legitimate all-star. I think Lou Dort is a very good one of the best defensive on-ball players in the league. He improved his offensive game. He's solid. They seem very excited about their sixth pick, Josh Giddy. I mean, after that, like you just look at the rest of the roster: Baisley, okay, Roby, Trey Mann, Kenrich Williams, Poku, who is still probably a few years away from being like a real, real like piece on a contending team. Favors, you know, at least that gives them some veteran. Depth from the bigs but You know I I sort of feel bad For Shea Gilgis because you know He's still really young but If they're if they're bad again throughout this Year like why how isn't He going to get shut down towards the end of the year like He did last year I just That can't be fun for players when you're not Hurt getting shut down just because you're on Bad teams and you know they want to tank I just don't see any reason why This team even wants to be good Yeah it's that that one in twenty three stretch to end the season last year, like, hey, we're gonna go into tank mode, and it it, it right they end up with Josh Giddy, but it's not like that was the plan. 
right? I know. It's like that's so their, that was your was Cade Cunningham you wasted an entire season. You threw away a whole season for Josh Giddy, and maybe he's great, right? But it just doesn't yeah. feel like that was what you plan when you're when you're tanking for picks like that. Yep. When you when you go one and twenty three and just shut it down, and it's like with I don't know with Shea, like all right, so now he he's into the max deal or he's got the max deal, and it might kick in next year, but. I kind of, I don't know. I look at the max deals, like how you got quarterbacks in the NFL where they're great. Like with, with, like with, with in the NFL, right? Like you get a, a quarterback on a rookie deal and you got your windows that first five years when they're still making peanuts compared to once they do anything, then all of a sudden it's 25 million a year where Shea feels like his contract for the draft picks that they have, he's, his contract's a little bit accelerated for what this team has. Um, Totally agree. He's like two years maybe ahead of them, right? Yep. Like just like not much because he's not old. I think he's still only like 24 or 23. Like he's still pretty young, but he's going to start to get like anxious, right? Yep. For for sure. He's going he's gonna to be anxious on there. Like, all right. Like, all right. Is, Giddy has to become a star with what they have here because like lottery picks, we, we, we saw this with like Boston with, and the Ainge era. Like these lottery picks, they're, they're great to have and all these first round picks. But if you're reluctant to eventually give them up and then it comes into the year like this last season when they had a couple of them in the draft and you can't do anything with them, then they start losing their value. There's These a bunch of great, great guys on future, your team, and then they right? come up in the present and you're like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> we got to do something. And there's no way they, with, with that amount of picks, like, they don't need those players. But they, they can't they even have them all. Somebody to be able to get those players. So it's like, all right, is this a potential Ben Simmons landing spot? If that all if that all blows up, but with that, do they have the contracts to be able to get Ben Simmons? They can do that. Package first round picks, but I suppose they probably have some cap room that they can take in, where they can absorb a contract. But also, does Philadelphia are they going to strictly want first round draft picks? No, with Embiid, your timetable is to win now. So I I don't know. This Oklahoma City team is. Yeah, they're, they're, this is another one that they're gonna have. They're gonna have issues, and they're gonna be some teams beating up on them. It feels like. And the next team might even be the most, I mean, disappointing or just like one of the at least with like Oklahoma City and with Houston. It's like you got a couple young pieces you're really excited about. You have a lot of draft picks, but unfortunately for Orlando, and and like they come in, Suggs could be very very good. I think he could be a very good pro, but. You know, Fultz coming into this year, he's not ready. Jonathan Isaac is is not is, is banged. You have no idea what's going on with him. Chuma Okiki, he's out. So now it's like you. This is a team that you've got four or five young pieces, and you're starting the season with three of them, and you don't even know. You have you really don't know what at all what to expect from from any of them when you're going to see them on the court, and then the rest of your team. So now it's Cole Anthony Suggs. Wendell Carter Jr., like Mo Bamba, Franz Wagner, Gary Harris is there. Like that'll give them a little bit of a, a piece off the bench. I just this roster is real. I mean, I, I have a tough time getting to 20 wins with them until I see Isaac and Fultz and like a healthy Suggs on the court. Those and even if those guys are healthy, they're still really, really young and like they're going to make a lot of mistakes. I, like this is a like the least. Exciting roster or the team that I'm probably Like the least interested in honestly Of any team in the NBA Yeah this is Orlando's gonna 
take some punishment this year, it seems. And, and, and the one thing, like Jalen Suggs, like the dude wins and he plays hard. Maybe he elevates this team a little bit more than what they what they should be. And he kind of feels like a Lowry kind of guy, right? Like that mm-hmm. kind of a guy who makes a lot of the guys around you just a little bit better and pushes them in practice. So you're right. Maybe maybe that's sort of like the intangible that we're not seeing with this team. He can lead them. He can lead them, and like I don't know, we we saw faults. Like once once he he got out of that Philly situation, was here before he got hurt. Like it was it was starting to come together for him and. Like yeah, I just like I I love Wendell Carter. I thought yeah, he, I thought he needed a chance, and when he when he got to Orlando last year after the trade, like he did play better, and he was given a chance and a bigger role. So so maybe, but yeah, this is a this is a team that's going to be with 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 the NBA as competitive as it is. Teams like this in Oklahoma City, teams are going to be trying to these are wins on the schedule, and you have to beat these teams and yep. all those other teams that are jostling for those. Those play-in spots are above. This is their wins. They have to beat these teams. Getting down to uh, the uh, final uh, six or seven teams that we've got here to discuss. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and a big thanks to Dave because um, we'll be a little better this year. I think in in our last uh, past couple years, we'd always said like an hour and a half, and we ended up going like three three hours, four hours. We have to split them up and go back. This year, we'll probably be closer to the two hour range, even though I knew aiming for ninety minutes would give us a nice window. So yep. we're up we're up to uh, the team that lost in the finals last year, Phoenix, and they, I mean they're. They're pretty solid again Like they have a lot of those pieces that helped them Get there last year I think the major talking point with Phoenix is They got lucky last year That's not, And it's not saying they're a bad team I think they're a very good team And if you, you told me they were in the Western Conference Finals Again this year or, or one of the best teams in the West I wouldn't be shocked But round one they caught a Lakers team And they were down in that series And then Anthony Davis got hurt You know they caught a Clippers team that was banged up. They were able to catch a, a Denver team that was banged up. And then they caught even a Milwaukee team in the finals that was still a little banged up. So that doesn't take away from them needing to, they needed to stay healthy. They needed to do what they had to do in order to keep getting by those teams. But now they have Chris Paul on a short turnaround. That was one of the healthiest that we've ever seen him. Do, can you count on him being in every single game again throughout this year, throughout the playoffs, that's one of my worries with this team. But they do feel very safe in sort of like the top four of the West. Yep, it feels yeah. It, as long as yes, yeah, stay healthy and even even if falls hurt, they probably have enough talent to survive that. So they should be a top three, top four team. Mm-hmm. But yes, the stars did completely align for them last year to make that the to make the run that they did. It'll be interesting now that. When we're recording this, to see what happens with how the eight and stuff plays out, right? Yeah, because like he, he's he was, talking about he was, the he, he wanted he more money for the max deal and wanted mm-hmm. the five year max in Phoenix. They gave out contracts to Bridges and somebody else on the team got just got re upped as well, but it was for for a lot less. But Aiton had his mind set on that, and it was going to take them going deep into the luxury tax to do it, and. Phoenix kind of just did like that. All right, we're, we'll we'll play this year out, see what happens. And that's you always know, a weird, you got like a little bit negative of a vibe there. Now you don't like it's that starting happy. a year after everything was so positive last year, right? Yep. You were watching Aiton through those playoffs, and he just looked like a guy who just did his business. 
up and down both sides of the court, plays defense, does whatever you need. You want, you know what? You don't even have to run plays for me on the offensive side. I'll just put some tip ins back in, throw me a lob or two. You know, he looked like it. And I, it's funny because it feels to me like exactly what happened last year with the Lakers at the beginning of the year. The Lakers had come off of winning the title the year before, and nobody said a word. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, they were all taking like less minutes. They would have games when they wouldn't play. Nobody complained about anything. And then the first things that we heard at the beginning of last year were like Schroeder talking about how he wants to start. Yeah. And it's just like I, you get a weird feeling in your belly when that's like some of the first thing at the beginning of the year. And now it's like, oh, so this vibe was okay. So Aiton's already kind of a little bit upset. Is that going to show on the court somehow, way or just you wonder if. I, th- I think they're going to be still be a good team, but you just wonder if things can go as well as they did for them last year. Yeah, there's especially right with playing as long as they did and as hard as they did. Like, all right, does that does that take a little bit of a toll on them with with Crowder and Paul giving them as much as it did? It'll it'll be interesting. I, I th- at some point they're going to run into a bump in the road, and it's how are they going to handle that? Exactly. The bump in the road is the eight and contract, but it'll 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 definitely be. Interesting to see how it is. Booker was a superstar last year, and we, I, he, he should, he should only improve mm-hmm. he, slightly. Is still a scary player. Legitimate stud. Uh, Sarich will be out to start the season for them, so that'll hurt their depth a little bit. But they do bring in Landry Shamit, and they did bring in Javale McGee to kind of give them another backup big to help. So yeah, they feel to me like one of the uh, the top teams in the West as we move to a team that a lot of people had pegged as one of the top teams in the East. But uh, as of this morning, as we are recording this on Tuesday, I talked about it at the beginning of our conversation. I mean. You have no idea really what to think about this team right now because Ben Simmons, this is a guy who had a horrible playoff run last year. And then everything since then has been him and his team throwing shade at each other, the organization, the players, the owners, him not wanting to play uh, stuff about him faking COVID stuff to get out of Games and practices He just showed up a few days ago He hadn't been in training camp at all And then since he showed up He literally looks like a guy whose agent Told him like you better go out there Right now or I'm gonna fire you or you know like We're gonna get rid of you like I'm not gonna go to work For you anymore because you have to do this You're losing value all over the place And he's like he's mentally um, Not into it and and the, the Problem is with someone like Ben is like do I still think Ben could be a very good player in the NBA? Sure. Could he be a very good player on the on the right team and help you win a title? Absolutely. But he's not a perfect player right now. And for him to be acting like I'm I'm too good for all of this is I, the this is another team where like the vibe right now, the energy right now. I mean, so what what happens with him? And if Ben's not there, now it's Tyrese Maxey running your offense. Who, yeah. you know, he's fine, but. You trust him because Shake Milton is out right now, and and then you're going to come into the same problem that you've had before. Okay, sure, a team where Joel Embiid dominates is going to be very good. Very few people can stop him. But then after Joel Embiid, if you don't have if Ben Simmons isn't there, or you don't get some sort of actual value for him, the rest of your team is just okay. Tobias Harris is fine. Danny Green and Seth Curry. Are fine like you're going to get some shooting And a little bit of D from Danny you're going to get some shooting From Seth everyone else is Like they're not a Championship team if they're not Either getting I don't think they're a championship team with Ben Because we've seen that but if they're not getting some sort Of value 
instead of Ben and he's just sort of out there and and that's just like wasted asset like that's that's the worst thing possible yeah it's it seems like it's one of those things where you're you're heading up to a, an uncontrolled intersection and everybody's going 60 <laughs> mile an hour speed and you've got the player in a car you've got the agent in the car you've got the yeah. team and then you've got the rest of the NBA and everybody's driving their own car into this uncontrolled intersection and honking like crazy everybody else is just watching from afar going Oh crap! This is going to be a disaster. Yeah, and that's that's exactly how this is playing out. And I just it, it feels it like it seemed all off season like all right, this it's over, and then all of a sudden Simmons showed up and like all right, maybe this is going to work, and then it's it's it it's now like all right, well he showed up, but showing up physically and showing up as a player ready to participate on that team seemed like they're two different things, and it, it's. I don't. You're gonna have that hovering around until until something happens, and I I just I just don't see I just don't see how it can be saved there, right? So like, when you think about the teams that you you know we talked about in the top tier of the East, like don't you you know that just makes you feel so much better about Milwaukee and Atlanta, doesn't it? Like with everything mm-hmm. happening with the 76ers and everything happening with Brooklyn, and them having every day instead of like you know Giannis when he's at practice. They're asking him about the title last year or basketball stuff on the yep. court, right? Like, hey, are you improving on your free throws or like, are you going to work on your three point shooting? The Brooklyn and Philly doesn't even get any of that. Everything is about Ben Simmons and Kyrie right now, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just that's not the way you want to. That's not the the focus or the blinkers you want to have on heading into your opening week of your season. I I just don't feel good. About them at all When you have Embiid Are they still going to be a better than average team And and they're going to beat teams that just He dominates and, and nobody can stop him some nights Absolutely But I can't make any kind of a wager Or predict this team to. I, I've always been higher on Philly with Embiid And wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt Last year They had absolutely no excuses They were pretty healthy And everyone around them was falling and they yep. couldn't they couldn't do it. Like last year the, the template was there for them to be the team to win. All they of the teams they could have been the Phoenix out of the out of the East, right? Everything absolutely broke, everything aligned and they just couldn't take advantage. They couldn't of get by Atlanta. Atlanta yep. was too feisty for them right off the bat. And they couldn't figure it out there. And you're if exactly you look around, it was like, oh man, Philly probably thought, wow, Milwaukee got hurt, Brooklyn got hurt. That that and it was going to be and Brooklyn and Milwaukee had to play each other. So yep. you knew that their schedule, their like playoff road was going to be tougher along the way. I don't see why it's going to be better for Philly this year. Very bad vibes about uh, about them heading into the season. And the uh, even just to keep an eye on like Tybal and Harris have banged up. They're both going to be likely for the opener, but just, you know, not feeling 100 percent heading into the year as the Portland Trailblazers are a team that. Brings in new coach Chauncey Billups And their defense Has been the worst defense in the NBA Over the last two seasons They have to try to improve on the defensive side Because no matter what When you have Lilliard and McCollum Those guys can have games Where they you know score 60 70 80 points and, and are incredible But they're never going to be great defenders Because they're not very big And they're players that you know you can 
You can definitely make it really difficult on you can scheme and, and put them in bad spots and pick and rolls. And if they try to, you know, if they you, you get a Damian Lillard on a switch on someone, it's it's not going to bode well for them. And so I always like this team, unfortunately, has been another one of those teams where, okay, like Lillard, McCollum, Norman Powell, Covington, and Nurkic. If that's their starting lineup and all five of those guys are healthy, sure, they can win a playoff series. But they could beat a team in the West in, in like a 4-5 or like a 6-3 and like win a playoff series. But Nurkic has only played 45 games the last two years. It, it, like how, it's so hard to trust him. And then if he's not there, then their team is – they brought in Cody Zeller. Um, I do like Larry Nance. Like that will help them a little bit. Although, you know, Larry Nance is nice, but he's still got to be like better offensively. I, don't, I think like the idea of Larry Nance sometimes is, is actually better than like when you see him out there on the court. Um, I, I kind of have them in that, you know, they were, they were a team that looked really bad in the preseason. They were 0-4 and they, they had the second best offense last year and they ranked in the bottom three in the preseason in like everything, field goal percentage, turnover rate, offensive rebounding. Um, they're also trying to defend pick and rolls more aggressively. I just feel like, you know, they're trying to do some new things. And maybe it'll help, like maybe Chauncey will be a better voice And maybe he can get some of these guys to play a little bit more defense And and put in a better defensive scheme I like Chauncey as a, like as a voice Um, I still kind of have them in the like, you know, five to eight Probably in the play-in Because of Dame, you're going to respect him more than maybe what this team should be Like they, with, with Nurkic, like yeah, with his injury history they, this team doesn't have any size. Not like you're you're counting on him to give you 35 minutes, maybe. And I just how can you if, count if on that? Goes, if he goes down, it's just going to be it's going to be a layup drill for teams. Like team, teams, they're going to have nobody at the rim for any sort of protection. Like, and with with Dame and CJ, it's like they're they're not good on the ball defenders and team like. With as many explosive guards that are in the NBA, guards are going to go right past those guys, and then you're going to have no resistance at the rim. Even like Nurkic at the rim, it's not like no, we're talking he's not about quick and mobile and agile. He he's a big body to guard another big body. You know, yeah, like he's nice against Jokic to have because he'll put a big body on him and he'll d him up. Or even like AD, he can't guard AD, but he's a nice guy to at least throw at AD and like you know he can make things difficult for him. But if you play smaller teams too. Um, you don't have a lot of depth. I'm, I'm worried. Like this is a team who, with the new coach, if they did get a bad injury or two early on, and then they look at the schedule, they have the top, they have the hardest schedule in the league through the first 20 games of the season, and that's using uh, against teams winning percentage from last year and based on the number of back to backs they have. So things are not going to start easy for them. And if they get off to a slow start, somebody gets hurt. New coach, maybe they're not all buying in, and then we start hearing the uh oh, Dame wants to leave. Does Damien want to go somewhere else? Like, this is one of those teams where I gotta feel like that the, feels like the floor could drop out kind of quickly. Yep, I want to say is out there, I've seen odds the Timberwolves are 100 to 1 to win the, the division, and I know Utah's in the division, but there are there are cases that we've already made now for Portland and Denver of regression. And Oklahoma City's not probably going to be any good. And if Timberwolves step up, 
And if that's your handicap and there are five teams And two of them you think are going to regress One of them you don't even have in the conversation And now you're looking at it like Okay, now you're, you're like a Utah injury away from this, this like could possibly happen, and that doesn't mean the T Wolves have to win fifty five nope. games. That just means some of the other teams in the the division regress a little bit, and the T Wolves are in the forty eight range, forty five, forty eight range. You know, right around there. Um, we, we play the horses, Gino. We know we know when there's long shots that like maybe I'm, all right. Well, maybe things can break right here. Exactly. You know, like, it's the number. Is like they they might be a bad four to one, five to one, second, third choice here. That's absolutely the case. That's a great number to keep an eye on as we get to uh, the bottom four, uh, bottom five. We got Spurs, Kings, Raptors, Jazz, and Wizards to finish up with. This this Spurs team, man. I mean, I have absolutely no clue. This roster is so unproven. They were dead last in three point last year. Somehow they'll probably end up winning more games than they should because of Pop. But if you just compare this roster, player. For player, they are definitely one of the the worst. It just in that it feels like there are a lot of role players. It yeah. is Jante Murray, Derek White, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, Jacob Podel, Lonnie Walker, Thad Young. Like any of those players on a good team could be a fine rotation player or piece on their team, be on a championship team in the mix. I don't just like who's how are they scoring in like that much? I don't like. I, I don't understand. I mean, they This is this is a very weird thrown together roster. Now they're waiting for Zach Collins. They took a complete shot on him, and they have no idea health wise with with that poor guy because he's got a lot of talent, but he's had issues staying healthy. Maybe after Christmas. Um, and then the big Dejounte Murray buzz because like somebody's gonna have to score twenty twenty five points on this team for as bad as or as much as people. Didn't love Demar or Lamarcus Aldridge through the years. At least you know you knew those guys were contributors in the NBA and who could go get you 20, 25 points. There may be some nights where this team just struggles to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, this this team this team's gonna have a pop if Pop can get this team to 30 wins, it might be one of his greatest coaching jobs that he's had. And I that's agree. for a guy who's won titles. Like this. They're twenty eight and a half. I don't know. Where, I don't know where they. I, I don't know who scores for this team. I, yeah, I, you might I just don't. get one of these guys twenty points a night. But if you have to say, all right, who's the second guy who's going for twenty points? I don't know if that person is on this roster. And the like, problem is, is like, okay, so if that was your team, if your team was a team that couldn't score a lot, but you had just incredible defense, like defenders, right, like lockdown defenders, but like Potal's fine as like a big. Um, McDermott's never been much of a defender. De- Murray, what are we going to get out of him on that side? Like Derek White's okay, but these are all young, like young players. Are they all going to be just incredible on the defensive side of the ball so well that 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 it makes up for their lack of offense? Like, I mean, if the only teams that I think will be worse than this team in the West are the teams that are actively trying to tank. Yeah, like Houston and OKC. That maybe just don't even want to win um, But I even like they Those teams seem like they actually Have some higher upside players Like Jalen Green has more of an Opportunity to be a star than any player on this Roster you know I, like I On think, Houston or I think you know, Kevin Porter on Houston has more of a chance To be a star than anybody else. Absolutely like, you know Shea Gilgis and, and you know Giddy from OKC mm-hmm. you know they at least have Some 
some lottery picks with projected upside. This is a a very weird roster uh, to me. And yeah, I, I was just... blown away with the Doug McDermott deal with like three years, forty two million for him, because I I think he's a hell of a shooter, but in order for him to maximize his potential on that, he needs to be needs off to be playing off of other off people. of someone. He can't create I, his own. It's not like you have to double anybody on this team that all of a sudden McDermott's going to get the ball, swing the ball, and McDermott's going to be open. I know. Like, uh, yeah, this is concerning here for the spread. But this might be a team to keep an eye on from a fantasy perspective, like we're saying, if you play fantasy and DFS, because somebody's going to have to, like, somebody's going to. Do more than than what we're expecting on paper. That doesn't mean they're going to be a good team, but but they're they're going to have to fill up the box score. There are going to be guys that are just doing more than they've ever done based on like they're just out on the court more. So there's 90 points that are going to come from someplace. somewhere, right? So Nick it, Keldon Johnson was someone who there was some buzz about because he was in the Olympic stuff. Maybe he's a guy that takes a step forward. Um, maybe it is Murray who becomes someone who can, you know, really handle the ball, shoot off the dribble and stuff. But eek, yeah, this this team is 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 one that's tough to get uh, too excited about. As we move to the Sacramento Kings, I gotta say, I I I wanted to like him. At the beginning with the Lakers, I can't believe that Luke Walton still has a, as is a head coach here. It's still kind of head scratching to me because he he hasn't done a really good job with them. He seems like he hasn't. Uh, Buddy doesn't really like him very much. the The one thing I will give Luke credit a lot of credit for though, to, um, he does a pretty good job as a defensive coach. Like he actually, if you look at a lot of the numbers when he coached the Lakers, and if you look at the numbers since with with the Kings, like he he's not a horrible. Coach as far as defense is concerned But he's I don't know he's not very creative Offensively they're going to be Trying to play I think the three guard lineup Quite a bit here because they They've got De'Aaron Fox they've got Halliburton And then they went and drafted Davion Mitchell Who uh, is someone who can light It up so that's The only concerns I have With this team is that you know Fox Halliburton Mitchell and Heald Are probably their best you know the the players they'd like to have on the court offensively the most, but you can't play all of them at the same time or combinations of them because they're all really small. Um, other pieces like Bagley, we're kind of still waiting on. That's an unfortunate one when you think about uh, instead of Bagley, you know Luca or Trey or or what some of the others that you that you could have gone with there. Yeah. Um, the Rashawn Holmes, like they bring in a couple veterans, Tristan Thompson, Mo Harkless, Alex Len. Those are decent veterans I kind of feel I think they're better than the Spurs team We just talked about I think they're probably better than OKC and Houston I think they're probably better than The Pelicans with some of the Zion stuff But that's probably where I'd have them Towards the bottom Yep. This, I, I do like the backcourt pieces That they have Me too they just, Yeah. They just, I, I just don't know how it's gonna how it's going to work And how they're going to incorporate all of them enough to Because like, even if they're their best Good enough could, could they be like is their ceiling Like a Portland backcourt You know what I yeah. mean like is the best for them Possible like Dame And CJ teams that could really Light it up maybe get you into the playoffs But like you'll always wonder defensively If you've got Fox and Halliburton Or Fox and Mitchell Or combinations of those guards out there And you've got another team that's Got a little bit bigger of a guard You're, you're going to be in some Trouble Oh yeah, for sure. They're they're going to find themselves in problems. Then I I just I don't. I was going to say it almost feels like you need to just go with Mitchell and Fox as a backcourt 
and just hound the heck out of other teams' mm-hmm. backcourts. But when you do that, then Halliburton's not playing, and it probably takes Buddy out of the mix in his shooting. Granted, mm-hmm. you play one of those guys probably at the three, but then you're you know, you're super undersized and terribly defensively too. But, yeah, yeah. But being that, being that you don't have a lot of other pieces there, maybe just you know what we're gonna go small and we're just gonna we're gonna see what happens. Here. Was it the Phoenix Suns that did that a couple that you know not that long ago? They had Drogic. And uh, was an Isaiah Thomas, you know, and they kind of go mm-hmm. with some of their their, and and that's that's kind of how you have to play. You have to just say, hey, we're not as good as anybody else, so let's just play a different style and hope that yep. maybe you know we can run we're them out of the building. Best players out there, and we're going to see what happens. Yep, and that's yeah. I think they might be, you know, they'll be feisty because they have competent players. They're just the type of team that I would, you know, I'd worry about. If they got into a playoff situation or you, you you could play them in a series, they'd be sort of, you know, easier to attack. They might be a team that during the middle of the season, they could sneak up on you because you're right. If they're playing a different style when everybody else is playing, you know, more traditional and they're like, hey, we're just going to throw all these small guys at you, you know, and run and shoot. Um, that may be difficult to to kind of adapt to in the middle of the year um, with the Kings. In the West, let's see if they can get into the playoffs this year. They're desperately trying. As this Toronto Raptors team, man, I felt so bad for them last year, Dave. Could you imagine? I, my, uh, my girlfriend and and my son, um, Milo, who is going to be two next month, they just went to go visit her family in Texas, and they left for a week. And since he was born, that I have not been away from him from one for one night yet. He hadn't even spent the night at grandma and grandpa's or anything. Like I'd been every night with him and with her. And they were gone for one week And I was like a mess without my family man Like I wasn't eating My schedule was off Like I didn't know what was going on I felt all bummed out and sad And I was working hard every day Like working from the the top to the bottom But I would like stop in the middle of working And kind of have these moments where I was It sucks to be away from your family To be out of your home for that long And I think too many times Fans and people out there Think of athletes as like robots Or like machines And they just exp- You see the numbers and how the projections are supposed to be And then you just like plug them in And people don't think about like What's happening in someone's life personally You know with their family What they're dealing with What they're going through That was as difficult of a situation For any team in the middle of a pandemic To be in a different country Not at home And yet Toronto still tried. They battled. They they were feisty. They had injuries and stuff to deal with. Like, I don't think they're going to be a good team this year. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. But I was really impressed with that. And I think that they will feel so much better about everything. And I expect them to just be a little bit better being home. Yeah, you, you go from a team that won, like some of these guys were on the roster that won the NBA championship to a team that plays basically 72 away games the next year. Like, like... Yeah, they were not an enviable situation. It's not just the players. You got the coaches. You got all the training staff. You got the PR team. Like they all kind of had to uproot their families and everything for a year and go live down there. And I'm guessing some of them probably had their families come live with them or stay. Mm-hmm. And they made they made the arrangements to do that. But still, it's 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 a six month band aid, and you're gonna have that six months, and then you're gonna go back along with you know, you're you're walking around in I think Tampa. And like, all right, we're we're Tampa's team, but really, there's no you couldn't have fans at the games the first half of the year, and it's just it was an awkward like teams were in awkward situations last year, and they were probably the most awkward of them all. So 
throw yeah. throw away that year, start away, start new this year. Be yeah, getting rid of Lowry and uh, like I think Precious can Precious can play and and Barnes to see what this team has. Me too. Siakam, Siakam was as high as it got two years ago, and then last year he just last year he wasn't he wasn't that good. No, so offensively it's a big bounce back year for him. If he, I think so if he too. Bounces back to where he was, then then they'll be. I think they'll be all right. But if, he, if last year is what he is, then they might have some issues. He should be a few few weeks away. I think Siakam. Um, and yeah, I mean, Van Fleet. Van Fleet could have a good fantasy year too this year because especially with with Siakam out early, everybody's high on OG and a newbie to just be one of those players that does the, a lot of the the right things. See what's good about what's tough about this Toronto team is that when they're when they are firing on all cylinders and when they're all healthy, a couple years ago, man, when the when the Lakers played them early in the year, like they have a lot of those long wing types. When you've got Pascal and OG. And then you throw like uh, Trent out there Like just Pascal and OG are really long Kind of lanky defenders And them being on the court at the same time A couple of those wings They're a tough, tough team You know, they get a lot of loose balls So when they're all out there They're like OG and and Pascal will raise their ceiling They'll need Scotty Barnes They'll need, uh, you know, Gary Trent Jr. To just be a nice piece Who can come off the bench and hit threes And play a little defense like he did for Portland So I don't I don't. I don't dislike this team. I think the jury is still out on them, and a lot of uh, a lot of it for them will be, you know, Pascal's health, and can he come back and be a little bit closer to that guy from two years ago, and not as much of the guy last year who just struggled offensively. Yep. There. We'll see how it is. And, and Nick Nurse, I think he's when you when you when you when you win a championship and win the way that they did, he deserves he deserves our respect. All right, let's see what he can do now. Very good but, coach. Yep. yep. And. He'll have, like you said, it. Like we're talking about horse racing stuff. That's last year for the Raptors. That's like a race that you just cross out, yeah. right? It, whether it was like in the slop, and they were down like a sloppy track, or it's like that. Just they they stumbled at the start, and then they were way behind because of where they were. It's just a. I don't even want to really gauge all that much of like what they did last year because I feel like they were in such a bad position from the beginning. Um, Fresh start. Lost the irons on the first turn. <laughs> exactly right. Fresh start for the Raptors. And as we head to our final two teams, I gotta say, with this team, this this Utah Jazz, it's a, the same freaking team. They added Rudy Gay. <laughs> They've got Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, Clarkson, Joe Ingles. Those are their major pieces. They brought in Rudy Gay. They brought in uh, Hassan Whiteside as a backup big. Unfortunately for this team. And for all of their fans I think it's it's always going to be With them like hey We feel like you're going to be a regular season Team that's going to be really good But you have to show us in the playoffs And they were another team that I mean you look around last year And the way things were going They were in a great great situation They dodged Steph Curry in the first round They ended up getting to play the, the Memphis, A Memphis team that actually played feisty Against them Then, then they're dealing with the Clippers team that has Kawhi get injured Now I know they were missing Conley And Mitchell did get a little banged up too But Mitchell was still playing Conley was someone who's not as big of a piece For them as it was Kawhi missing for the Clippers They were in a great situation To take advantage of that last year And they got beat by Paul George And this this year's Clippers team you know, mm-hmm. to, to close out that series And if you told me They were the number one seed in the West And they won 55 games In the regular season 
I wouldn't be shocked But then what else, my rebuttal right back is just like Call me when the playoffs start You know, call me in a playoff series If if Rudy Gobert is having a tough time Getting played off the court We saw last year Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson Going right at Rudy Attacking him Great, great regular season team uh, And I think last year They had the second biggest home versus road differential In winning percentage They were 31-5 and five at home And 21-15 and 15 on the road um, I just I need to see them prove it They're always going to be a top west team in the west But I just I never believe that they're going to win the whole thing Yep, they're 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 the, it almost kind of right. Feels like Milwaukee before last year, where Giannis is going to get hundred percent. They're they're going to get him there, but all right, do they have that next year? And it only takes and once. Then, you just got to prove it one time that you can do it. And you don't like was Milwaukee the best team in the NBA last year? Maybe not, but but they won every game, every game like big game in every series that was put in front of them. They did what they had to do to win it all. They were the deserving champ. That that could have been Utah last year. Again, we could have they could have been the third or fourth best team in the West, but they could have taken advantage of all of the other teams' injuries and just been the last team standing. Yet so if I have a tough time thinking if it didn't happen last year for them, why are we going to trust them this year again? No, for for sure. And I, and like I guess I should have brought this up earlier. I, I'm interested to see how this is going to be. So we had it was a three month break, but for the players that went to the Olympics and went over to, to- Tokyo, right? I feel like Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. didn't know the answer. Um, <laughs> but but where they went over there and they had to, and they played hard. For, for their teams and and the Americans I'll give the Americans a little bit of a break on it even though they still got to do it because just the American team had so much depth that they were able to stagger the minutes and not kind of overexert anybody even though like Durant still played a, a decent amount but guys like Gobert and Luca and Fournier and mm-hmm. Patty Mills like these guys took on heavy workloads over their like time off that all right, this, how's that going to bleed? Like, you don't get a nor- – it wasn't a normal offseason. Time off and an already shortened time off. Yeah, and especially after, like, the season before that ended in October and started off at Christmas. So, like, you've, you've kind of had almost th- two and a half straight years of playing. And, like, is that going to catch up to these guys? Like, it's – it's especially with Gobert. It's, he's a seven-foot-four, seven-foot-three – Body, like, all right, like, I think if we've seen one thing with like body types like that, like, if something goes wrong, then it can like end quickly. Like, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this team. Conley's 34 and Mitchell's had Mitchell's, Mitchell's a stud, but he's ran into some injury problems here and there. And Royce O'Neill is kind of, I think we know what he is now. He's Mm -hmm. a 3 and D wing, but that's kind of what he is. And Bogdanovich is, is good, but. Is he always there? Like Clark Clarkson, he may not be known by the Utah media. <laughs> was that one clip from him. That was funny. Season? That was funny. Uh, that was great. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'll be. Well, they should be all right. But who knows? Yeah, if, if Mitchell or Gobert something happens to them, then they're gonna have they're gonna have potential issues. Like yeah. a lot of other teams, I guess, when you lose one of your top two or three players. But yeah, you just. You know, you kind of feel like you can slot them in at the top of the West in the regular season, but you just come playoff time, you kind of feel like, yeah, I don't, I don't trust them. And I think yeah. it's the same thing as we get to our final team, 
in uh, our NBA season preview We get to the Washington Wizards I'll tell you this much uh, I'll throw this team on some NBA League Pass Because they got a couple of my boys on this uh, Washington Wizards team I'm going to be watching some KCP, some Coos <laughs> Little Montrez from last year Coos uh, and KCP were two of my uh, favorite Lakers recently Over the last few years Because they were guys that were on the really bad teams And then they you know, were, were on the teams when everything shifted And heck, you know, they'll, they'll get a lot of Crap because last year they struggled uh, in, in, in the playoffs and in, you know, in some of the big moments down the stretch. I think it hurt um, those two guys all the time, uh, Dave. I think they were, they, you know, if you look at the players on the Lakers that really struggled towards the end of the year last year or that, you know, LeBron and AD had injuries, Kuzma, Caruso, and KCP didn't have a lot of legs. Those are all the guys that played for them deep into the bubble. Like all all the people that played big minutes for them, and last year in the turnaround, they just didn't have those legs late into the season. KCP was really good when they won the title, and Kuzma has become a much better defender. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Bradley Beal? With uh, you know, and, and Rui Hachimura is out to start the season, which isn't great. But if this team is healthy, uh, I know Dinwiddie had an issue the other day recently too. Like that, that's the concern. If they're healthy and they've got Dinwiddie, Beal. Rui, KCP, Kuzma, Montrez, you've got Kispert, they've got Bertrands also who's got a calf strain who could be out for a little while. Like there are a lot of pieces and players I like on here. It's just another one of those like how is it or is there even any any chance that this fits and it works with with all these different they got to come together but there are seven or eight pieces that I wouldn't mind having one of those guys on my roster. Yeah, they got they got some young talent. And they're yeah, they're gonna they're gonna score the ball with with Bradley Beal. You're always gonna you're always gonna have a threat for somebody to drop fifty. But I, like I love Dinwiddie, like for for a guy that kind of came out. I love him. I wanted him on the Lakers and, big time. Yeah, like it sucked that he had to deal with the injuries that he did, but he he's found himself in an all right spot. So it'll be interesting. Like your your boy Kuz out of the L.A. He's so LA. Yeah. He could you know, and I think I think with Kuzma is he totally isn't like love that LA live, the uh, the you know, the vibe, the the oh, yeah. dye in his hair, the party and the being here and that. The the only thing I, I do think about Kuzma is before that, like he's always been a pretty hard worker. You know, right when he came into the Lakers and he was in the summer league stuff and and he was he was always a gym rat And they always said Kuzma was one of the first in there And one of the last to leave He gets up all of his shots And when you hear him talk um, post game and stuff He's pretty cerebral about basketball And like he kind of gets What happened in each game Why they played well, why they didn't What they need to Im- improve on He'll kind of speak his mind But um, it's it's way different When you've got You know when you're LeBron and you're AD there And it's a lot easier And it's, a, you know, for you to go Say a few things, but then you can come right back And you got this this safety net of these big brothers there Who are taking care of you all the time And making it easy And and you know what? Kuzma was like, for a while LA, son, they love this guy And then the fans kind of turned on him at Towards the end And he just needed a new, like a new, a new spot But you're right, he could Like, Kuz, if Kuzma's like like 18, 20 points a game and filling it up and like sixth man of the year, like conversations, it wouldn't shock me. But if he's just like maybe a, 
checked out up oh, like i don't care anymore i've won a ring you know i'll get my <laughs> like i really wouldn't be that surprised i think i kind of hope that he's not that type of player but it wouldn't shock me at all we've seen guys like that all the time yeah for from the from the lakers to becoming a lobbyist out there in dc but i know it's like, and he's definitely like tweeting stupid it's like kuzma just shut like he's tweeting some <laughs> silly stuff and like he's out but what 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 about this you know and he's getting into vax that's like kuzma come on man just go play your basketball and it, it's just amazing that we all know this guy's name from being a laker right because mm-hmm. he, he did do some good stuff with the lakers and i do think he did improve quite a bit he's become a much better player than he he was when he came into the league but if this same guy was on the Hornets, nobody would know who he was, right? Yeah. If, if his, yeah, if he doesn't go to the Lakers, if he doesn't get drafted out of there, nobody, yeah, people don't know who this guy is. So for this uh, Washington team, you, like, I think to me, Dinwiddie's the real X factor. You hit it because he, like, he can be much better for you on the court or maybe better than like what this team needs more than what Westbrook was last year, right? Like, he can do some things, he can help, uh, you know, um, Beal emphasize his game Dinwiddie can handle the ball he's very Quick like he's not a one Option and he's Probably like you know Like a week number two but He's a he's a really solid Like he would be a great three on Your team if he was like your third option on a team And and he could fit pretty well And you're like I'm super high on Dinwiddie And I think this team is is kind of fun So we talked a lot about Kuzma For the Lakers this year um, uh, Dave it's going to be it was Kuzma, and then it was Caruso. The next guy that that everybody loves right now is Austin Reeves. He's That's the, the he's, guy. He's the new guy for the Lakers to keep an eye on. He's the undrafted rookie uh, white guy who just does all of those little things right. He's a a pretty good sized shooting guard, and he and he shoots really well. And because of Ariza and all of the injuries in the preseason, he was on the court the other day, and it was. Russell Westbrook, LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, and Austin Reeves on on the court together. It's and this kid was just like amazing just for him to be in that situation. You know, uh, a lot of the guys around him were hurt, were banged up. They're going to be missing Ellington. I don't be shocked if you see this guy in the first couple weeks get like you know, a, a two or three minute stretch and then go diving for a ball or hit a three or make like a good defensive play. And then he gets like an extra five minutes. I'm hoping knock on wood, he becomes like the next cult classic hero for the Lakers. Cause we've had a good, a good couple of them the last few years with, uh, with Kuzma and Caruso. They're both gone. Now we need you, our new one. 90 seconds about him and you haven't even brought up his nickname. Austin Reeves. Yeah. Kobe. Billy <laughs> Kobe. Bill Billy Kobe. Bill Billy Kobe. It is. It is great. It is. I'm, I'm, he just is one of those, and all of the players like LeBron and them. They've said like, this is a player. This is a guy. He gets it. Like he is an NBA rotation player. And um, you know, we'll we'll see. He, I, I I can't wait to see him get an opportunity to get a little bit of run there, and then just kind of you know overachieve a little bit, and and some memes for Austin Reeves, Hill Billy Kobe. Billy we had. Kobe. A, we had a, there's some great memes for Kuzma out there with some of the goofy stuff he wore. There's some great memes for Caruso with how fun he was. And now we've got our hillbilly Kobe and uh, Dave, man, I, I got to say 
these conversations are some of the my, the ones that I look forward to the most every year because I love basketball. I know you love basketball, and I like to talk with some of my friends about the Lakers and stuff. But there are very few people that I could talk about every single team in the NBA with and have an honest conversation about their players or their coaches or their scheme or what we expect from them. And that's why I really, really appreciate you when you've come on with us each and every year like this. And and again, like I, I told you before, okay, let's aim for like 90 minutes. We ended up going two and a half hours, but I, I know that you, you know, you don't mind and I never mind. And I, I'll tell you the viewers and the listeners out there of my shows, they appreciate the deep dives and stuff. They like that. I, I, we don't just talk about the Lakers and the Nets. We're going to talk about every single team, good or bad, positives or negatives. Heck, some of the teams that may have the rosters that aren't the greatest, we're kind of excited about like their prospects moving forward. So thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate you all the time. No problem. Yep. Us hoops nerds, we're good to have around. We are, we are there. You know, there we are. Some of the NBA holes out there. I think what Bill Simmons and uh, and cousin Sal call them. Uh, and so NBA starting Tuesday night, double header, and then uh, the games will uh, will begin on Wednesday for everybody else that's not playing on that opening Tuesday night. This is going to be a blast of an NBA season. And Dave is just a sports fan, right? Like this is the best time of the year. We've got football, college football, NBA starting. College basketball starting We've got hockey that just uh, kicked off a, a little while ago Hell, you and I are big wrestling fans There's a, there's some yeah. great stuff going on in the wrestling world right now WWE, AEW And the Breeders' Cup is just a few weeks away This is, like, this part of October is so cool Yep, this is a very cool I think it was, I, like, I have a buddy in town this week And we are saying things going on in, like, the Twin Cities this week and on Sunday, I think there's at one point there's like a gopher football game, and then there's the soccer game that night, and then the Timberwolves play that night, and the Wild are in town that night, and like along with others, I think gopher hockey. I was like, it's a crazy sports weekend here. Yeah, we we have like AEW pay per view coming up here in, in the Twin Cities. I think November twelfth, full, full gear, full gear, yeah, full gear. I might actually be out in LA that weekend. Oh, if you are, we gotta we gotta link up. Like, if you are, I gotta buy you a beer. Or we gotta we gotta go somewhere, and I can Tim, I can I. Tim I definitely play a Friday night in, at the Lakers and a Saturday night Clippers. Awesome. And then I might work with PA and do because the Vikings play the Chargers at, on at SoFi on. Sunday. Oh, how cool is that? So like I I could I could do all three games and then have a little weekend in LA doing that, and that's the weekend full year is here. But I I might make that trade. And yeah, so I was gonna say that that'd be a really cool experience to have, and I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to buy you a beer or some dinner for all the help that you've given me through the years, uh, and uh, and all of our listeners. And yeah, gosh, such a great time for uh, for sports fans like us. And uh, we look forward to uh, uh, we look forward to touching base with you and following along. You're a really great basketball follow too. And if any uh, anyone out there that is a, a big T Wolves fan, you really want to follow uh, Dave and, and turn some of those notifications on, especially during uh, during game times and stuff, so you can get all the uh, alerts, really good information. Where do we follow you there on social media, Dave? Yep, on Twitter, I'm at SuperStatsDave. And yeah, I love interacting with people. And yeah, it's basketball season so you'll start seeing basketball tweets coming from me probably a lot of Tim Rolls but other ones as well so third third year in a row for this one we're getting older and man it's crazy it's already been that that long for uh for this podcast we've been you've been one of the people from the very beginning who jumped on with me so thank you so much buddy and I look forward to talking more basketball more racing more football a little bit of everything with you coming up sounds good thanks for having me on Gio have a good one everybody 
Make sure to give Dave a follow there Good luck to those T-Wolves this year As they're trying to get over the hump And maybe get into the uh, the playoffs in that play And I think they got a big shot to do so this year And we'll be talking NBA each and every week Here on That's What G Said Don't go anywhere So you want to set the mood You're looking for something all natural Soy wax Non-toxic baby Since for every season now don't be afraid, baby, just spell it out. Z-E-R-A-Candles.com And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Don't forget about... One of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said, Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, Cindy Carava, over at cindycarava.com She can help you out with many different things In many different ways Anything in the world of real estate Buying, selling, leasing Putting you in touch with lenders To help you get pre-approved for a home loan Getting you contacted with vendors That can help um, your home get improved If you're just looking uh, to find out How much your home is worth She'll do a free market anal- analysis Of your home's value cindycarava.com that's the website And a big thank you to Dave Handelin for helping us out uh, We don't do too many of these Where we just have like one topic on a show But the way it was I would love to I didn't want to hold on to this interview for two more days I figured let's just put it out right now We'll be back in a few days We'll have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday racing Coming up for you with stuff over the next few days We'll get you all set up for uh, football this weekend We'll talk basketball We'll talk baseball, wrestling Everything happening in the world of sports and pop culture Right here on That's What G Said Yeah.